Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
surely come to pass. And now is the time, and this is the day. And by my spirit, I'm making the way. And by my spirit, you'll begin to rejoice, and you'll begin to say, lifting your voice and declaring this new day. For I'll cause you to go forth into a new way. You'll leave this place in a new way, a new strength, and a new direction. For I'll restore years, and I'll restore health. the gifts of the Spirit, and they shall increase, and they shall multiply, for times of refreshing shall come from my presence, saith the Lord, and it shall fall like rain. So now I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, that it shall rain, it shall rain, and I will pour out my Spirit, saith the Lord. So receive it and declare it and say it's not so far away, but it's here right now, today. Speaking in Spanish here. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, maybe some of the people would understand. Yes. Amen. But <laughs> other people will say, woo, woo. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Lord. What is Brother, what is Brother Alvi saying? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, hallelujah. Shalom, shalom, my brother and my sister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yeshua, thank you, Jehoshua, what an awesome, awesome God we serve, my brother and my sister, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Yeshua, shalom, brother Miguel, shalom, hallelujah, sister Regina, brother Robert, Arlie, shalom, amen, thank you, Lord, shalom to those listening on the cell phone, hallelujah, those that will be joining us in a few minutes, shalom, we are grateful to the Lord for being here. He is good. He's an awesome God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Miguel. Amen. Highly appreciated, Brother. Thank you, Lord. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. What a good God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. He's a great God. Amen. I believe we're going to have a great program. Uh, The Lord has taken me this week twice to, hallelujah, to the new earth, the millennium. Hallelujah, and I really would like to share some of the things I saw there, I experienced there, uh, what the Lord says to me, what he reminded me of, and what I was able to do, see and do that really encouraged me and will encourage you to continue to seek the Lord and know that Jesus is coming and that the Lord says in his word that he makes everything new. Okay, and he also promised us new earth, my brother and sister, okay, where the old things have passed away. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Yeshua. Amen. So kind of I want to, hallelujah, remind you what Isaiah 65, 17 said, for behold, I create a new heaven and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come to mind. I this is such a fact in the millennium. 
my brother and sister, that these things, hallelujah, thank you, sister, are not going to come to mind. We're going to totally forget this life, and, and it's not 100% because we're going to remember our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with God, my brother and sister, and that's what really matters. I mean, what else can, can it matter than our relationship with God? Okay? I don't think uh, nothing can be more important than that. And so that's, that is a plus. Thank you, Jesus, for us that we do want to remember you know, uh, our relationship with Jesus, my brother and sister. Shalom, Sister Ruyera. So that is important. That's very, very important. Thank you, Lord. So new heaven and new earth, the former things is what we are today. This life shall not be remembered, okay? And there will be a lot that we will remember. But our relationship with God will be remembered. Our family will be remembered. Nor come to mind. Okay, and that's a good thing so we can enjoy the new. Because if you keep the old in your mind and your life, you're not going to enjoy the new. Okay, my brother and sister. So that's, that, that is a great example for us to follow. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He says, for the new heaven and new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord. So shall your seed and your new name. So what is indicating here that people will get married and people will have children, your seed, okay? At one time in the millennium, I saw a large wedding of redeemed people that went home in the, in, in the home with the Lord to heaven with the bride of Christ and the rapture. Great line of a lot of people getting married. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the two persons standing in that holy place, temple of God, marrying these people. And I, I saw the Lord blessing the marriage as he married them, my brother and sister. Amen. And he they spoke to, to everyone who was going forward to be a Mary with the bride right there on the head. And everybody in the glorified body, young, beautiful, handsome. And, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were marrying them. My brother and sister, the two persons were there. And the three that give witness in heaven, the Bible says, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You will see all three of them like three different persons, but God is one, remember. Amen. But the Lord and the Holy Spirit were marrying these, these couple, and that was incredible, my brother and sister. It's really rejoicing to see in that. And people will have children. You'll see, and your name will remain. Okay. So uh, that's, that's going to be incredible. Hallelujah. And then how long would you, uh, this is when God's rebuking the people, backsliding daughter. For the Lord has created a new thing on the earth. A woman shall come past a man. That's, that's gonna, I saw that also in the millennium. Women that could move faster than men. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. That's okay. You can log in again, sister. Loretta. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So then Second Peter, uh, I'm here with my brother Tony, just in case people are wondering. Is he with us? Yes, he is. Second uh, Peter 3.13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth where dwelleth the righteous. What do you think about this one, brother Tony? <laughs> yeah, and righteousness is there. Um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, 
The righteous will live, dwell. Yeah, a righteous place, you know, righteous people. And um, now we're only, you know, like we've discussed before, righteousness, Christ, you know, our righteousness, right? The Amen. Lord, our righteousness. Um, he can make us right. He makes us righteous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right standing with Father. And, yeah, it, it, that's where we, where I want to be, <laughs> you know, that place. Because when you have uh, someone as a, the Lord King, you know, who judges righteously, that's where you want to be, you know. We find in the Bible kings that, you know, you know, didn't. Uh, rejected the Lord and all that, but when we when you have Jesus reigning as King, you know that's where you want to be. You know, Amen. that's the right, the Lord. That's the right place to be. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And then John says in Revelation twenty-one one, and I see a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first have passed away, and there will no more sea. Amen. Yes, there will no more sea between the land, okay? There will be sea in the outer of the earth, my brother and sister. But, because when you read Revelation 20, it says that the sea will give up the dead. Remember that part? Yeah. And that's uh, a chapter earlier than that. So, no more sea, that means in between the land, okay? There will be no more sea like lakes. There will be rivers, but lakes doesn't register lakes, which are part of the sea, salty water. Some lakes are salty water. Some are fresh water. So uh, it, I didn't remember seeing any lake in between. It was river, yes. But, you know, the new earth is just so incredible. It's so beautiful. It's so full of life, full of everything. My brother and sister, this week, when I was taken to the millennium, a uh, thousand year reign with Christ, because I, I was talking about the millennium in Facebook, excuse me, and someone said, where is that in the Bible? And i like, I didn't know the person was a believer or not, but then the person said, uh, show me that in the word. And like, okay. Uh, it's a thousand year reign with Christ. Amen. Revelation 20 it's one of the uh, 24, and I saw throne, they that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them. And I saw the soul of them that has been beheaded in the witness of Jesus for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast nor his image, nor had received a mark upon the, their forehead or under him. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Hallelujah. A beautiful thousand years is coming. Okay, that's the new earth, the new heaven and the new earth. It's a thousand years. Now, the Lord, there was this prophet that we played one time that she asked the Lord, said, Lord, so you're going to take this earth and make it new again? And the Lord says, no, my daughter, this earth is so polluted. I am not making this earth new. I already have a new earth and a new heaven. And that's how exactly Jesus has shown it to me. One time I was heading... Back from eternity, the Lord wanted me to see this. And as I'm coming down from eternity, right there in front of me, coming down was the millennium. It has its own, you could say, galaxy. It's outside of a galaxy, for sure. In a place kept by God, pure and holy. Okay? The earth, the, the new earth is like this earth, 
But everything is new, completely new. I don't know if it's bigger, if it's just the same size. I have not asked the Lord those questions. But like John said, there's no seeing between nowhere. So it's really, and my prayers are really loud, it's really beautiful. And so as I find myself there, I began to see brothers and sisters there from the Lord's hour that I could recognize as a family. And um, I had called everyone, uh, the brothers and sisters that were there, uh, into a meeting to come and have a meal with me. Just like here in my house, sometimes when people come over, I say, hey, let, let's have some, let's turn on the grill, let's grill some salmon, whatever we, we have meat, whatever people like to eat, and we get together, you know, and have a wonderful time together. So in the millennium, you know, I was telling the brothers and sisters, hey, we can do this at least once a month. But as we were there getting together, as I was calling everyone, some of the brothers went to get the rest of the brother who was doing different things, different. I could see people that I can see some of my brothers and sisters that can fly. They move in the power of God as they came. And for my surprise, and Sister Laurie was there. And Sister Laurie said, it was saying, explaining to the brothers and sisters, Brother Elvie liked to have this meeting like he had in his house with the brothers and sisters together and likes to put on the grill, likes to cook out for people. But someone said, uh, Brother Elvie, uh, don't forget that we don't need to eat anymore. We're in a glorified body. We don't need to eat in this body anymore, someone said. And then I said, yeah, well, I understand that, and I know that very well. I said to the brothers and sisters, we don't need to eat anymore. So, but I said, I, I wanted to ask everyone that once a month we can gather together and just as a family spend some time together, you know, and because, you know, at least once a month, I said, because everyone were off doing their task for the Lord, busy. Occupy for the Lord. And the Bible said, occupy until I come, right? Yeah. The Lord says. So basically, that occupation that we have, Shalom Sister Luna, in the new earth, it is for the Lord, and it's all pleasing. Nothing is for us to complain about and say, oh, this, you know, this is hard. I want to be doing something else. There was time of, there will come a time for that that I heard people say I would like to go to the beach. I prefer to go to the beach later on over the years. It will start all peaceful, loving, full of, full of the glory of God and the Lord. Everything will be perfect from the beginning. Like in the garden. Everything was perfect in the beginning. But then people want to come up with their own planning idea. Aside from the Lord. You know, we, we were talking earlier about Deuteronomy 28, okay? And there's something there, my brother and sister, that God says to the people that we want to pay attention to because, hallelujah, this speaks to all of us. What does it say in verse 1, Brother Tony? Yeah. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I have commanded thee this day, 
that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. All right, hold it there. What is to hearken? What, 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 we were, what were we understanding earlier about hearkening to the voice of the Lord? Uh, yeah, we were talking about it, and, and you gave that example of the, of the military, you know, how you, when you, um, when you're, you know, when you're new, and uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you go there, you know, you, when you're new, um, you're, you're not really sure what, you know, how, they, how it works. You know, but um, you're just supposed to just obey. You know, that's what they expect from you. It's just simply, you know, um, just the, the sergeant will yell at you. Yeah, he will. And, and, and if you call the sergeant when you get that, hey, buddy, come over here. The sergeant will say, "Stand up, soldier." Yeah. And, and, and will have you straight with your hand mm-hmm. above your eye and say, "When you address me, you say, sir." Yeah. So. They get someone there who's not trained on basically anything, no discipline, mm-hmm. and for three months they're gonna discipline you. Yeah. And 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 when the when your sergeant comes in, what is the first thing they do? They stand, and they they already know the voice of the sergeant. Mm-hmm. They know how he's gonna call them out quickly. Yeah. And address the situation, discipline them. So God is saying to us, because I was meditating this in my, in my bed after prayer. Like I wanted to get a better understanding when God says to hearken to his voice. And what was coming to me was, it's as that you join the military. They need to discipline you. But the discipline of the Lord is basically the same. It is for us to hearken to his voice. Yeah. Because the Bible says, hear what the Spirit has to say. Yes. So it's for us to hear the voice of God and know when God is speaking. And for us to be disciplined to pay attention to his voice. Yes. And say, yes, sir. Like when God was calling Samuel. And Samuel was a young boy. Samuel was not hearkening to the voice of the Lord. So three or four times the Lord is calling the young man Samuel. Samuel had no discipline in regard to God. So what did the prophet Eli say, or the priest Eli say? Brother Tony. Yeah, when uh, if he calls you again, uh, say, uh, here's your servant, Lord. Uh, is it, um, here, here am I, um, is it, here am I, speak, here's your servant? Speaking, your servant will listen. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's part of learning to be in discipline in the Lord, that when the Lord speaks to you, you are disciplined to listen to him. A lot of people are not disciplined. They are disciplined in the world by a lot of things, but not disciplined on listening to the Lord because they want to fight that voice. But what happens when you do listen to the voice of the Lord? It, to a servant to do all his command, which I command you to say, the Lord thy God will set him on high above all the nations of the earth. You want to be above. In other words, you want to be on top. You want to be able to defeat your enemy. Yeah. That's what you want to be able to. And unless you are a trained soldier in God and the Lord, you won't be able, Shalom Sister Wendy, to defeat your enemy. Discipline, like the discipline of the Lord, is a must. And the Bible tells us not to reject the discipline of the Lord. Because right. that's what a lot of people do. 
They want to go their own way. They don't want to be disciplined. They want to come up with their own plan and their own idea. They think they know what's better for them. No, God knows what's better for us. And when we are under his discipline and we like to listen to him, God will set up above or you will be below. Below is hell. Above is heaven. Have you figured that one out yet? Above is heaven. Below is hell. You want to be above? You want to be in heaven? You need to submit to the discipline of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's very important, my brother and sister. So I was, so as I was in the millennium, I was telling my brothers and sisters to do this meeting once a month. Did I know everyone was occupied with their own task? I could see some of my brothers flying, showing off, <laughs> rejoicing and showing off. But brother, we don't need to eat anymore. And I said, I understand that. But don't look at this like you need to eat, I said. Look at this as we're going to meet once a, meet one, once a month and just get together. Yeah. It's basically what I wanted to do. So having that meal together is to come in together, my brother and sister. Having that meal when we go in the rapture to heaven is to be together as a family and be with the Lord. Because it's the supper of the Lamb of God. He expects us to come and be with him and spend time with him. So it's about that unity of the saints that we're going to be able to have because we're not going to have limitations. A headache is not going to hold you back because you can fly now. You can move in the speed of thought. You know, it's so much to be able to do. Thank you, Lord. And we need to be grateful for that. Thank you, Jesus. Then I noticed that uh, the Lord was getting me ready to preach, and I began to preach. The Lord says to me, remember what, what I had revealed to you before, that, yes, you're going to come here, or you, but you're also going to have these tasks. You're going to be preaching to people, helping people out. The work of the Lord is to help other people to come in a closer relationship with the Lord. And as we do in this time, we do also in the millennium. God is going to use us to help those coming out of the great tribulation and the valleys. They're all coming down about 33 billion people will be on the earth during the millennium. That was revealed to me. And we are going to be occupied in the Lord. My brother and sister, until the thousand years are over. And Satan is released again for a little season. But if you are not being committed to the Lord as you should, hearkening unto his voice, when Satan is released, if people are found sinning, the devil will have a great opportunity. If people are kind of like Eve looking into the fruit that God said that thou should not eat, and you're there by the fruit looking at the fruit that you, God said you should not eat, then you should be far away from the fruit. And God tells you, not to eat that fruit, you should not be there standing there desiring the fruit. Because then you give the enemy an opportunity to come and deceive you easily. Why would Adam not deceive first and the woman was deceived? Because the woman looked at the fruit that it was desiring to the eyes. Adam was not looking at the fruit that was desiring to the eyes. But then 
I see the see the woman, it became easy to see Adam, because if your wife brings you a salad of fruit, you're not gonna question whether the salad came from the devil or not. You're just gonna eat it. Okay, and so Eve brought Adam a salad. Oh, don't uh, you know? Cut the fruit, adorn it, very beautiful. And wife usually do that to the husband. Mm-hmm. You know, if Bible says he brought it to her husband, her husband ate, mm-hmm. or gave it to the husband, her husband ate. Whether it was in a salad or not, it was delicious to Adam, and he trusted his wife. Mm-hmm. He did not question whether the the, the fruit was poison or not. Yeah. He didn't even question whether what that was the fruit. It leads me to understand that Adam did not have knowledge of the truth. That God, they told him not to eat from the fruit. But I didn't think Adam looked at the fruit much. To say when he brought it, is this the fruit that God said for Adam not to eat? He didn't say that. So that led me that he immediately received it, ate it, and when his eye was open, realized, oh, man, that was the fruit that God said for Adam not to eat. Why do you give me that woman? It's too late now. <laughs> too late now. So, my brothers and sisters, this is not to lay blame on nobody, okay? It is that we are in the last days. We need to watch out for our enemies. We we were just reading a story about this. And I want Brother Tony to read some of the story. When the prophet Elijah came to King Sedekiah, and I want you to see that your enemy will come as your friend, like the devil came to Eve in the garden. But if you're not able to discern your enemy, you will fall easily to the, to the enemy. Because your enemy, they first want to become to be your friend. And they don't tell you right away they're your enemy. But you should be able to discern your enemy. God, one of the gifts he gives us as a spirit is his sermon. And we need to practice that, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we were talking about this story, hallelujah, that happened in Second Kings 20. I'll let my brother Tony read this story. He's a good reader. And, and we, we will get a, a good understanding of what happened in this story. Go ahead, Brother Tony. <clears throat> then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And uh, Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, all the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house, and that which thy father hath laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says, says the Lord. Okay. Notice how these men... They're spies from Babylon, first of all. And they come to see the king. And they ask the king. The king shows to them all the treasure of the house. Things that should have been kept secret. Okay? And you hear some believers say, oh, you should have no secret as a believer. 
Yes, you should. Because there's things that you should not reveal. And here's an example in the Bible where King Zedekiah should have not revealed to these spies from Babylon, these men from Babylon, which are spies, the treasure of the house of the Lord or of his house. They should have back they should have kept secret. My brother and sister, he should have turned them around and said, No. Because you here don't come. Hallelujah. With good plan. You're not our friends. They are pretending to be Hezekiah's friend, but they are not the friend of Israel. They are planning to destroy Israel. And one of the ways was to come and try to pretend that they were Israel friends. And Zedekiah, I don't know what to call this king because you have to be careful what you say. Why don't he just open the door and show them all the treasure of the house? My brother and sister, why did he do that? And then come Isaiah the prophet to King Hezekiah and said to him, What said these men? And from hence came thee unto thee. Hezekiah said, They came from the country far even to Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thy house? You know, at this moment, the prophet Isaiah had a very good idea what Hezekiah has done. Because God is sending the prophet to him. Where in a specific word of what had happened in the house of the Lord. And he said, what have they seen in the house? Hezekiah answered, all the things that are in my house have they seen. There's nothing among the treasure that I have not showed them. What a mistake, King King. This is a big mistake. Because you don't show your enemy all the things. But here's the word of the Lord to the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the day comes that all that is in thy house, that which thy father lay upon the store until this day, shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left. This is what the enemy of Israel were planning, my brothers and sisters, to have this victory over Israel in everything that Israel owned, my brothers and sisters. But the king should have known this, should have discerned this, should have said, wait a minute, why are you so interested in what is in my house, the treasure of my house? Why are you so interested in this? And now be so kind. My pastor said, there are people sometimes that want to be more kind than God. And you cannot be more kind than God. When God says no, we have to say no too. If God says no, and you say yes, you have a problem with God. You will have a problem with God. Because you cannot be more kind than God. You cannot. There is a limit to everything in this life. And God is the one who sets that limit. And if God don't want you to show everything you have, you should say, I will not show everything I have neither. Because God doesn't want me to. He is the scheme trying to be kind, more kind than God. And that is impossible. Because no man can be more kind than God. And lay himself open to his enemy. My brother and sisters, 
which will not spare him in the, in the day to come. And what does Isaiah keep saying? Read it, brother. And of thy sons, who shall issue from thee, whom thou shalt beget, shall they take away. They shall be eunuchs in the place of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord, which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good? If peace, if peace and truth be in my days, and the rest of the acts of Hezekiah, and all his might, and how he made a pool and a, a conduit, and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Oh, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Still, Isaiah is revealing this man's sin. Sinful decision. And this is the consequence of his sinful decision. And thy sons who shall issue from thee, whom thou shalt beget, shall they take away. And they shall be eunuch, my brothers and sisters, in the palace of the king of Babylon. This consequence of this sinful decision will have consequence over his children, his households, even his own life. Again, you cannot be more kind than God. You cannot be more kind than God. And for every decision, for every sinful decision we'll take, there will be a consequence that most of us are not ready to pay. We're not ready to pay. He was now not ready to pay for the consequence that will follow over his household, his children, and even over his own life. My brother and sister, look, even when the prophet says, then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, good is the word of the Lord. <laughs> My brother and sister, this man was kind, but he was too kind. He says that the word was good. And what that the prophet Isaiah says to him, it is not good. You need to be able to discern between good and evil. That's what wisdom from God is. To be able to discern from good and evil. My brother and sister, this man had no wisdom in him in the decision he was making. And even when the word of God, the true word of God is spoken, he cannot even discern, hallelujah, what God is saying. My brother and sister, but keep reading, brother Tony here. Yeah. And all the men of might, even 7,000, and uh, craftsmen and smiths, 1,000, all who were strong and apt for war, even, even these the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. And the king of Babylon made uh, Metaniah, his father's brother, king in his stead, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. And he did not. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For uh, for through the anger of the Lord it came to pass in Jerusalem and Judah, until he had cast them out from his presence, that Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. He will not submit to God, and he will not even submit to King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Verse twenty-five. 
And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, he and all his hosts, against Jerusalem, and pitched camp against it, and they built forts against it round about. Now he realized we are in trouble. His opening the door to the Babylonian spies in Israel. They were able to gather the information they wanted because they would not invade Jerusalem unless they can see that there was enough gold, riches, for them to move all those hundreds of thousands of men over Israel. Because work costs a lot of money. And unless you know you can, you're going to make out the money and even a profit on top of the money, you're not going to go ahead and make work with anybody. And now that the king of Babylon, so the spies find out that Israel has enough gold, silver, and brass that can enrich Babylon even more, now they're ready to send their army to against Israel. And now they are camped around Israel, my brothers and sisters. Now Hezekiah began to realize, what have I done? The city was besieged until the 11th year of the king Hezekiah, and the 9th end of the four months, famine, famine prevailed in the city. There was no bread upon the people of the land. What happened here? There was seven, the abundance for seven years. The seven years of abundance, as God revealed it to, to uh, Joseph, was finishing and seven years of famine was beginning when they had just a camp around Jerusalem, my brother and sister, around the city. And now there's famine inside there. People need to get out to get food and water. With them being surrounded by an army, the Babylonian army, they cannot go out. If they stay inside, they will die of hunger and thirst. They're going to run out of the supplies, my brother and sister. Last night, I had a dream from the Lord. Famine came into this land like I had not seen before. We have over 3,000 people here gathered together telling me, Brother Elby, we have run out of food. At this very moment, I can look at the family. I can look at everyone. And, and we, we went to um, Walmart, the different store looking for food, and they told us that they had made orders for food supply, but they had not received the orders. At this moment, I'm meeting with everyone. I'm telling everyone, look, we have gone to several stores, major stores, and they had no food. At that very moment, as I'm speaking, and, and I'm explaining to people in my house the situation we're having, the voice of the Lord comes over me. And the Lord said, haven't I promised you that I will not leave you and I will not forsake you? I promise you I will provide to my own, says the Lord. At every moment as the Lord is speaking to me, we're listening to the Lord's voice. And the Lord said, why don't you go ahead and do what I told you to do when this situation comes? Lay the empty part over the table. And pray for food, because I will provide to my own. And we were getting all these tables. I tell the brothers and sisters, let's get all the tables ready. And we got all these empty pots over the table, and we began to pray, and God began to make food appear 
prepare, cook, prepare, ready to eat for all of us, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Jesus, because he's our provider. It's like when the disciples were walking with Jesus with 5,000 hungry people all day long, the disciples said among themselves, where are we going to find food to feed all these people? And Jesus said, what do you have? Two fish or three fish and, and two pieces of bread. Yeah, five loaves of bread. And, two and the Lord Jesus said, give unto me. And he raised it up and said, I thank you, Father, I have it in earth. And all of a sudden, there's enough food for everyone. God does a miracle twice or more for 5,000 plus people, my brothers and sisters. We find ourselves in the same situation, and God does a, a tremendous miracle. I noticed that this economy and this revelation, as it's going down right now, very soon, it's not going to be there. Many of supply of food markets are going to run out of food. They're not going to get them more food delivered to them. But God Almighty has a plan. And it's a supply to us supernaturally what we need. I hope that I was telling Brother Tony that when this happened, it's after the three days of darkness when our body are glorified into a glorious body. Because it's much easier, my brother and sister. But I believe it is because I remember that a tsunami was coming. And I raised my hand and, and ordered the water to stop. And I saw when the water was held still, held back, as my hand was raising like Moses over the Red Sea, my brother and sister. And the water obeyed obey the command to stop. My brothers and sisters. And so I rejoice over that, but I rejoice even more God providing us food. All cooked, all ready to eat. We don't have to do anything, just eat. Sit down and eat it. Our God is good. Our God is wonderful, my brothers and sisters. I'm so happy that we're serving the Almighty God who will not leave us or forsake us, who is about to change us in our glorified body and let us rejoice in it too. Thank you, Lord. Let us celebrate. Hallelujah. As when, hallelujah, Mary, the sister of Moses, Marian, mm-hmm. when they crossed the Red Sea, she went and started dancing with the woman and celebrating mm-hmm. of God, what God has just done. That's going to be us very soon. Mm-hmm. When God changes us in a glorified body mm-hmm. and we begin to see all this and do all this, we're going to be like Marian and the other woman. We're going to rejoice for what God is going to do among us. These are the day of Elijah coming. Miracles and wonders in front of everyone are going to be done by the church of Jesus Christ. The church has been looked as weak for all these years. Now they're going to see the power of God through the church revealed. The real power, not the imitation on the pulpit you see on television. This, the real power of God is about to be shown in public, like in the days of Elisha. We're entering into the days of Elisha. The Lord was showing me last night. We are about to see the glorious power of Jesus. Like when he ordered the sea to be still, and it was still, and the sea obeyed him. My brothers and sisters, we are about to see that power manifest among our days before we are rushed to the pastures. 
The Lord has promised us this. We will be changed. We will be transformed. Three days of darkness are closed upon the earth soon. Even to those that don't believe, they're going to see, but they're going to repent for not believing. Because we are supposed to be believers. Like he told Thomas, you know, I wonder, I was wondering why that when Jesus revealed himself to his disciples, Thomas was not among them. And I came to the conclusion myself is that if, if you're not looking for him, if you're not where the Lord wants you to be with your brothers and sisters, looking for the Lord, occupying for the Lord, then you're somewhere doing something else. The Lord showed himself to the disciple, and where's Thomas? He's not among them. What's going on here? That immediately he's doubting. He is doubting because he's not where he was supposed to be when the Lord shows up. It's like when the Lord comes for his bride, if you're not ready, what can be the problem? Then you're not expecting him. You're doubting him. If you're not expecting the Lord, you're not going home with him. Right. So when they told Thomas that they have seen the Lord, he doubts. Unless I can put my finger between his, his, his uh, cutting, you know, he was not going to believe Peter and them. But here's the problem. Peter and Matthew, no, them, they all wrote a book in the gospel. If you're not going to believe what they wrote, what they wrote is the word of Jesus. You have to believe. If Peter tells you, and Matthew tells you, and Luke tells you, and Mark tells you, and John tells you, you have to believe because it's the word of Jesus they, they, they wrote, they told. They heard it from the mouth of Jesus. It's what they're telling you. If you doubt what they have to say, you're going to miss the rapture. And Thomas was not there, my brother. He's questioning without an unbelief. No, you got to repent of these things. You want to be looking now for the coming of Jesus who is about to come. Now, there are people around America now losing their jobs, their company closing down, their banks closing down almost every week, every day in America. What is going on? We all have a good understanding because we've been preaching this for years that was coming. Banks all over this country closing down, my brother and sister, in America, going out of business. That is a good sign that our economy is falling. And some rich people, they don't want to lose everything. They don't want to lose everything. So they prefer to take whatever money they have left and go invest it in China, Russia, maybe Europe, but most likely China, whose economy is very strong. Because they're afraid of losing everything here. And so then that's a wise decision. Because they're not going to lose every penny they own. And be broke and live a broke life when they're used to living rich. My brother and sister. So this is what's happening now. And in the months to come, this is going to continue. The Lord show me very soon, your economy is going to be out. No one will have nothing practically here. And in order for people to eat, we have to pray for food. We have to pray for a miracle, food. And the Lord is a, is a merciful God, and he will make food appear for us. Because he said to us, he will supply our need according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
My brother and sister, he is good. And his love endured for us. Go ahead, brother. Turn it here. Yeah. And the city was broken up, and all the men of war fled by night by the way of the gate between two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldeans were against the city round about, and the king went the way toward the plain. Uh, and the army of the Chaldeans pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army were scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him. Oh, no. Oh, no. They gave judgment upon him. And look what they did now. They slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. You know that this was the last thing King Zedekiah saw in his life, in his days. The slaughtering of his son was the last thing he saw. My brother and sister, because then they plug out his eyes. That is what not having the sermon in the Lord can bring unto your life. My brother and sisters, if you don't hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, your enemy can take advantage of that and bring blindness to you. Because there are different ways the enemy will attack people. But when he sees the opportunity that he's coming against you, and instead of you rebuking him, telling him to go away empty hands, no, like King Zedekiah, oh, you are welcome. Is there anything you want me to show you? Oh, show us all the riches you have. Oh, yes, I close. Come in. See it. I'm a good Christian. You know, I don't like to hide my thing from anyone. Wrong. You cannot be kindness in God. You show to the enemy everything you have, the enemy will put a plan together on how to take it away from you. Okay? Because God wants you to have that privacy with him. That's what it's called, privacy between you and God. Your privacy between you and God, the enemy don't need to know. But between you and him, my brother and sister, King Sadakia was such an opening Open man, where anyone can read him, anyone can see what he had. Well, it cost him to lose his son to the slaughter. The Lord spoke to Sister Celestia last night, which I'm going to play later. What's going to happen to those soon, when I tell you soon, within days, that will be taken to the female camp? She'll give you details and what's going to happen to them here in America? There's a day of slaughter ahead, just like in the days of Zedekiah. There is a day of slaughter before you and I. You need to pray for the sermon. You need to seek the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. Do not tell your enemy what God the one you to reveal. Keep that that die between you and God, my brother and sister, because your enemies are watching and listening and looking for an opportunity, and they will take it when they when they come. They threw the son of Zedekiah before his eyes. They put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him with a feather, a brass, and carried him to Babylon. There was nothing more shameful. 
than this. But it happens to him, my brothers and sisters, because he revealed something he should have kept between God and him, my brothers and sisters. And in the fifth month of the seventh day of the month, it's the ninth year of, the, uh, of King Nebuchadnezzar, King of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, captain of the guards, servant of the King of Babylon to Jerusalem. And they burned the house of the Lord. This, this, I read this. I said, this is this was not necessary. They already got the king. They slew the, you know, they had killed most of the captains. They burned, they killed his, they slaughtered his son. Why go ahead and, and do this? You know, but it was because the house of the Lord is what the Jewish people love. And they knew that by destroying it, it will destroy their hope. And God, and the enemy is always looking to destroy your hope in the Lord. You need to guard what God has given you, and don't take it for granted. Guard your salvation with fear trembling. Guard yourself that no one takes your crown, Jesus said. Guard yourself that no one takes your crown. Because the enemy will send if it's a man or woman, if it's a woman or man, or money. Anything he will give for your crown, for your salvation. Guard it for trembling and fear. My brother and sister, this salvation is so valuable. It cost the, the life of the Son of God. He burned the house of the Lord, the king house, and all the house of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burned with fire. Hallelujah. I was thinking about this the other day. Fire. Why would things be burned with fire? Fire is the number one purifier on this earth. Have you noticed that? I mean, water purifies things, but fire, that's why the, the word of the Lord in our lives, when it comes into our heart, it's like, like fire. Because fire is a great purifier. When the prophet spoke about Jesus coming, they said that he will come in like fire. He comes to purify us like fire. Because there are many things in our lives that are not pleasing to the Lord. And fire is the number one tool in the Bible that God uses to purify us for what is not of God. Since they have contaminated the house of the Lord, the king palace, the house of the captain, the only way that Jerusalem can be restored again it's after they put him through the fire. Yeah. Because the idol has been put in the house of the Lord. And God has to allow the house of the Lord to be burned. In order so it can be standing again. Shalom, Brother Joseph. Yeah. In order for the house to be restored again, first it needs to be put through fire. It needs to be purified. My brother and sister. And all the army of the Shalim who were, were captain. And the guard broke down the wall of Jerusalem and ran about. Now the rest of the people who were left in the city, the fugitives who, uh, who fell away to the king of Babylon with the remnant of the multitude, then Nabuchadnezzar, cutting of the guard, carry away. But the cutting of the guard let some of the poor in the land to be wine dressers and husbandmen. And the pillars of brass were in the house of the Lord, the base of brethren, See, that was in the house of the Lord. The Shabiyam broke it to pieces, carry away the brass, the Babylon, the pot and the shovel, the snuffer, the spoon, the vessel, the brass, whereby the, the, they minister 
they took away. The fire, the fire pan, the bowl, such things were uh, gold, all of gold and silver, all silver, casting in the guard were took away, my brother and sister. All this happened because a man of God did not use a sermon when the enemy came to spice what they had. But that was not the only reason why. The other reason was because they have idols, my brother and sister, among the, among the house of the king, which they did not repent and they did not remove. So in order for God to restore Jerusalem again, they had to be burned down, my brother and sister. Now, we heard what is happening in the Middle East. I want to I read from the Bible and remind people that our God, who knows everything, who reminds us of what God gave to Israel in Joshua, I want you to see that the living in now are rising, launching missile against Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, uh, Gaza. Gaza is practically destroyed now. Now they're going against Lebanon, who launching missile against Israel. Here's what God gave to them. Joshua, go ahead, brother. Joshua 1. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that starts on 4. Um, From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, <clears throat> and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your border. Hold on there. Notice how God says that all of this land even to the great river, river Euphrates. The river Euphrates goes all the way to Turkey. Are you telling me that all the way to Turkey, yes. all that land belongs to the Jewish people? And right now, Turkey is being occupied by the Turkians people, which are Muslim. Lebanon is being occupied by, by, by the Muslim, part of the Jordan. There's a lot of Jews in Jordan, but part of the Jordan also. Occupy Syria is occupied by Muslim. Iran is occupied by Muslim, and, and, and Pakistan and all these other nations—they are surrounded by the enemy. My brother insisted. But when you read what God gave to the children of Israel after, the, after they crossed the Jordan, we're going to read. You're going to see all the land that God has given to them, that they have the right to fight for it. Because it belongs to them. It was given to them by the Lord. The question is, do they have right over this land? And we find that right in the word of God. Go ahead, brother, and read it. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Hold it there. Notice that the purpose of God telling Joshua to be strong and a good courage is because he needs to divide the land. But the land is occupied by the enemy. How do you go in there? And say to the children of Israel, God said that the oldest land is yours when it's occupied by someone else. We know that God doesn't steal. 
because he tells us not to steal. So the enemy had decided to take over a land that belonged to the children of Israel. Because the land has been given to the children of Israel 6,000 years ago through Abraham. From 6,000 years ago, they began to move into the land, the enemy, my brother and sister. And because of the sin and disobedience of the children of Israel, the enemy had gained territory. Because remember, as they take to Babylon, all these people, all the Jewish people captive, who stays in the land? The poor, the Bible says, stays in the land. But what do they become? Hank maiden. What is that? Toilet cleaner. Janitor. They become servants to their own land. In their own land. They become janitor in their own land. With no right to anything. My brother and sister. In their own land become janitor. They become to serve their enemy in their own land. Because of the sin and disobedience. That's the outcome of sin and disobedience to the Lord. That if you don't hearken to the voice of the Lord, you will become a servant, a janitor. Hey, maiden, my brothers and sisters, not to the Lord, but to your enemy. To the Russians, America, to the Chinese, you'll become a hey, maiden. Because this word tonight is for the United States of America. Babylon, the great the fallen one, who become a habitation of the devil, Revelation 19. America people will become a servant to the Chinese and, and, and Russians very soon. God is calling this nation one of one to repent. So God can set you above your enemy, not below. My brother and sister, God wants you to be on top of your situation in the days to come. Thank you, Lord. It's not going to be easy. It's going to get very difficult. My brother and sister, go ahead, Brother Tony, read. Uh, verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then, and then thou shalt have good success. Hold it there. The book of the law that's been in every court in the United States has been removed. Why do you think the enemy began to remove the book of the law from the court system in America? Because by doing that, people will forget what God had commanded them to do. And this command to do is what will set us above and not below. America is becoming to be in below because America have allowed the enemy to come into the United States and tell the court system, tell the government, tell the state, tell the city, we need to remove the Bible from the court system. 
from the public system. And by doing so, America is bowing to the enemy request. When this been said from the beginning by the forefather of this nation. Now, the children of America, since the Bible is being removed, have forgotten the law of the Lord. That this book of the Lord shall not depart out of their mouth. It was for them to meditate in the day and night, to our servant due to everything that is written in it, because it will make their way prosper, and then they will have good sex. That's why America had good sex for so many years. But it's been the law, the book, the Bible departing from their mouth for so many years. My brother and sister, that's where disobedience will take people. It will take them to lose even what they have. My brother and sister, it will, they will lose everything to their enemy. Go ahead, brother. Nine. Yeah. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan to go, into the, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. Hold it there. You notice the attitude of gratitude of Joshua? Let's go take this land that the Lord has given us. Let's go possess the land. Because the land was occupied by the enemy. So it's what? They're going to have to fight. Fighting. My brother and sister. But by, the Bible says that the fight is of the Lord. Benjamin is of the Lord. By you just being obedient to the Lord, the Lord promised through Moses that he will remove this nation from before them. It's a promise of God even to Abraham, my brother and sister. That's why Gaza is almost gone. The West Bank is almost gone. Lebanon will be gone. Jordan will be gone. Iran will be gone. Every of these nations all the way to Turkey will be gone. God said he will remove it. As long as Israel stay keeping their eyes on God and the book of the law of God, remembering what God has said, and continue to go forward, all these nations will be removed from before them. And nothing will stop them. That is the promise of God before them. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. And, uh, and to the uh, Reubenites and to the Gedites and half the tribe of Manasseh spoke Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God has given you the rest, and has given you rest, and has given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But ye shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of, of valor, and help them, until the Lord shall give, until the Lord shall have given your brethren rest, as he hath given you. And they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrising. 
And they answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commandest us we will do, and whithersoever thou sendest us we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words, and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Thank you, Lord. That is the attitude that Israel needs to have today. Everyone needs to come together. The IDF, they need to move forward and continue to conquer the land. Because in the moment they cannot do anything anymore, God will fight. Even with Biden's planning with Israel's enemy against Israel, it doesn't matter. Remember the message the Lord gave me last week? Not to join the army because they're going to be calling millions of people in the United States all the way to 66, 68 of age to join, to go to training camp and join, to fight. Who are they fighting? Israel. And God says to me that whoever joined the army to go against Israel will be considered God's enemy. And will be cut down. You need to understand. It's a serious word I gave last week from the Lord. He allowed me to experience it. If you join the army, I'm going to fight for my country, as people say. To go fight the Jewish people. God is going to fight through them. You will be fighting God. It's a serious message to America. To every corner. From Maine to Texas. My brothers and sisters. From California to Florida, listen, open your ears to what God has said. You will be fighting God. You do not want to be in the sight of fighting the Lord yourself because you will lose. He's almighty God, and he's fight for his people. Go ahead, verse 3, brother. Yeah. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from um, Chittim and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Hold on a second. My brother and sister, last night, or the night before, I think it was, I was getting this revelation from 16 Pennsylvania Avenue, from the main office. There was a meeting going on there, private meeting. And as the Lord was showing me in the spirit, I could hardly see into that main office. And as I was looking in there, I can hear clearly a conversation going on. As they said, that Kamala Harris will be worse than Biden's. I heard very clearly Kamala Harris will be worse than Biden's. And it was like that Biden was being substituted or replaced, and Kamala Harris was coming 
to be in the commander in chief of this nation. But the word was, and I believe it was the voice of the Antichrist, that Kamala Harris will be worse than Biden's. What happened in 11-11, the biggest drill in history of this nation was being practiced in 11-11, the Lord showed someone, a sister, under the sea, ready to attack Russia. The biggest drill ever. So many people saw 11-11. No one understood why. It was the biggest drill under the sea of this nation. Join being done for the first time in the history of this nation, 11-11. And in my dream, that very night, the Lord took me to Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600, and I can hear that conversation from the main office where Joy Washington and Abraham Lincoln have their own meeting there. And it was Kamala Harris that they were planning supporting an office. I hope God doesn't allow this. When I heard about this a few months ago, I just felt in my spirit that this should not be so. I don't know if we can pray this off. Because I know as with King Zedekiah, God allowed this wickedness and evil agenda of the spies of Babylon to take place because of the sin of Israel. The sin was so grave before the throne of God that God has to allow his enemy to perform this wickedness in the house of the kings of Zedekiah. And allowed the, they were so blind that when the spies of Babylon came to investigate, if they had enough riches to send an army, they opened the door. That's what's been happening in Pennsylvania 1600. The door are being opened wide to the enemy. And it's going to cost many American lives in the days to come. That's what my dream was this morning. The country was practically devastated economically. It was devastated. The money they're putting together, the spending, is going to leave the family in this nation without any food, without any food supply, my brother and sister. It's terrible. When I saw it this morning, and I saw the people that have come here for the Lord's Hour community, we were all together. And having no food to offer to people, we were running out of the food we had. That's when the Lord, the voice of the Lord came and said, we're a nice supply to mine. To mine. Mine, I will supply, he says. And then he had to pray, and all this food appeared. He says, there will be food in your house. There will not be luck, he says. As long as we're here, the Lord showed me last night, we got people. We will have supply forever. As long as we're here, you will not lack any food. God has said to me, gave me that guarantee this morning. 
We will have what we need. We are his chosen ones, my brothers and sisters. But the rest of the nation was hungry. I don't know how we can leave surrounded by hungry people. But God help us. God help us in the days to come. Because that is the history of our country. Hungry people everywhere. People will be looting. People will be stealing. People will be robbing people in the daylight. Whatever, whoever has a garden will be robbing people everywhere. Things are going to turn for the worse because of the sin and the disobedience of this nation. The idolatry, the demon worshippers that America has today. Tremendous. It has become a habitation of demons. And it's a great consequence for that. My brother and sister, go ahead, brother Tony. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not possessed this way uh, heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day, and the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that I, I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priest who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye have come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, ye shall stand still on the Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the word of the Lord your God. And Joshua, Brother, they shall stand still on the Jordan. That standing still is the same still that it was told to Moses when he finds himself before the Red Sea. He wanted to pray. I remember a message one time ago. Moses wanted to pray. And God said, what are you doing? <laughs> Stretch for your right hand, Moses, with our stuff and command the water. Yeah. And the water opens as Moses did so. But at that very moment, like it happens to many people, someone says that Moses for a second got confused. My brothers and sisters, and when you look up back in history, when Abraham was told by God that he will become a great nation, that he will be prosperous, in order to understand the famine comes, for a second Abraham gets confused, and he goes down to Egypt. Isaac, the same situation, for a second he gets confused, God says, stay in the land, I will prosper you, because he was going to go down to Egypt. Yeah. Then Jacob find himself in the same situation with the famine. But he forgot in the dreams of Joseph and sent the children, the children down to Egypt to buy grain. But the miracle of God was, I know what Jacob is going to end up doing. Let me send Joseph before them and make him the right hand of Pharaoh 
so I can save my people from the famine. See, God has a plan, even in this famine that we're in in the United States, housing prices are dropping quickly. Banks are closing. Companies are closing. People are losing their job by thousands. God has a plan of salvation. They forget that it was God who prospered them first. But for that very reason, they need to come to their knees in order to be in safe because the salvation is more important. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. David, as he played in the art for, for Esau, for Saul, for a second, he gets confused when Saul turns, turns against him and almost kills him in the king palace. And then I go into his wife, the king raised to go kill his sons-in-law, David. And his wife, his daughter of the king has to help him out because the king wants to kill him. That's a little bit confusing because David was not doing anything against him. But when Saul heard that he only had killed 1,000 and David had killed 10,000, say, wait a minute. This must be the boy that Samuel, before he died, was talking about. That will be the anointed one in my place. I got to kill this boy. Because he's realizing it's just all coming back to him. Samuel talks about another one. When God had rejected him, when Samuel said that God had rejected him, says that God have anointed someone in your place. But at this moment, Saul doesn't know who is this man or boy. But then David is big, is part of his army. He's killing 10,000 of the Philistines. And then among the Philistines, the giant, he's killing giants. You got to have supernatural power to kill a giant. He's realizing this David is not a, it's not a regular man. Not a regular man. He is killing Philistine giants. Okay? His son could not do that. Saul could not do that. The only one that was able to kill giants is David. The power of God is supernatural upon David. This got to be the anointed boy that Simon was talking about. I got to kill him. But every time Saul plans to kill David, it ends up not working out. The plan ends up not coming through. And then in that case, when David lets Saul know, I could have killed you, king. Here's a piece of your garment. I could have killed you. Then Saul realized and said, I am but a piece of me in this man's hand. He could kill me anytime. He got supernatural power. I don't have that. The Lord is with him. I better leave him alone. And that's when he wished to die, my brother and sister. Because realize he was just about a piece of me in David's hand, my brother and sister. Because God is destroying all the Philistine giants through David. None can withstand him. Like none one can withstand Joshua. See, this is why Joshua says here, as God is with, was with Moses, God be with me. But the captain are expecting Joshua to have the same supernatural power that Moses has. Because when they're fighting giants and Moses raises him, the giants are overcome easy. 
but the power of God is through Moses' hand. Hey, if we're going to fight giant again, Joshua better have the same power that Moses has. Because Moses has supernatural power, let me tell you. And the people want to know that Joshua has the same power that Moses has. Because Moses has supernatural power. And then we have to feed giants from Moses. Are we going to defeat giants with Joshua the same? Or what going to be a piece of me in the giant's hand? See, it's a good question. You got to know the answer to these questions. You want, you got to know this man has the power of God in him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then, when they go to fight the enemy, as the casting, I see Brother uh, Tony reading it here. They still, it's he with him, that he, but then Joshua ordered the priest, hey, when you go before the Jordan, you stand still in the Jordan. This is very significant. This is very significant because here, the power of God through the order of Joshua is going to be manifested. You can't divide the river unless the power of God is with you. You got to have that secret power of God in you. That eternal power, that mighty power that can divide Red Sea and that can revive the Jordan. Because right. yeah. the Jordan River back then was a mighty river. Who's going to divide this river unless the mighty power of God is in your life? So let's see if, if God's power is in Joshua. Because the priests right now are taking a risk that if they do what Joshua is saying for them to do, and God is not with Joshua, they're dead. They're dead. The dead man. Because that, that river is going to take them down. They're going to drown. They had an ark on their back. Heavy, heavy ark. It's not easy to carry this stuff through the wilderness. They got to cross the Jordan with it now. And, and, but Joshua is telling them, hey, when you go into the Jordan, stand in your Jordan still. Huh, Joshua, you want us to die? But they, they don't question the leader. They're just being obedient. And to God, obedience is better than sacrifice. My brothers and sisters, go ahead, read what happened, brothers and sisters. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, <clears throat> and that he will, he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Gerashites, and the Amorites, and Jebusites. Hold it there. Why is Joshua giving them this word? Because the children of Israel are very aware that among these nations are giants. And Joshua saying this, he got to have the stuff. He got to have the power of God. He has to have the power of God to defeat his enemy. This, 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 this is not just word. The power of God must be with jo- Joshua. Because he's talking about defeating people that have giants in them. That in the physical is impossible. you got to have the supernatural power of God. Mm-hmm. Bro- and, and it cannot just be word. cannot be words. There has to be what the God says to Moses. When the Lord, when Moses had an encounter with the angel of the Lord in the month of God, go show yourself to the children of Israel, to the elder, and tell them that the Lord God has sent thee. Lord, how would I prove to them that you have sent me? And he said, put your hand 
into thy coat. And he took took it out with all leper. Oh, man. Put it back in again, Moses. It was all healed instantly. instantly. That's the, that is a sign of the power of God. That is a sign of the power of God. We, called by God, need to show the sign of days to come. I'm going to have to stand before 5,000 people and show them the power of God in the days to come. God has called me to do so for the glory of God because God has chosen us. And if God has chosen us, we have to say to the people, come gather around the table. And I have to raise my hand, raise every one hand, and the table will be full of food. Has to. The Lord shows, says to me, go. In your house, there will be no lack of food. There will be abundance. Joshua is taking his position. I need to take my position before the Lord. We have to. When the Lord glorifies your body, Brother Tony, and sends you out, how are the people going to believe your message from the Lord? You're going to have to show them something. You're going to have to show God's power. But God's going to Give your glorified body where you have no doubt and unbelief and go. This is how we're going to show that God is with us. The power of God will be seen in the, in the natural, yeah. but it will be the supernatural power of God showing it in the days to come. This is how we're going to show that God is with us. This is the secret stuff kept by God for many years. Go ahead, verse 11. <clears throat> Uh, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take yourselves twelve men out of the tribe of Israel, out of every tribe of men. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut, cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up in a heap. There you go. There has to be sign. Has to be sign. God is calling multitude to come and follow us in the days to come and come together. We ha- we have to be able to show them signs from God. And the Lord has assured me that we will show them signs. We will show them signs. No tsunami can come over the land because the Lord has given me to raise my hand and stop the tsunami. People need to see the power of God like it was with Joshua, like it was with Moses and with us today. And we're going to have to show it. People will have to see it. Because it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that have called us, my brother and sister. And we're not going to be put to shame. No, we're not, my brother and sister. Because it's the Lord that has called us. And as it was with Joshua, go ahead, verse 13, so is with us. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over the Jordan that the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as, and as those who bore the Ark had come unto the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Over there. See how the Jordan was a great river. It overflowed. I grew up back in the island, in the countryside. We have rivers that overflow a few times a year. 
you cannot pass those water unless the power of God is with you to divide those water. The days are coming that we're going to have to move in the supernatural power of God because we are witnesses. We need to witness. One of the things that the Lord reminded me was people have not seen the supernatural power of God for a long time. And that's why the gospel is so watered down. People are wondering whether God is real or not. The days are coming when God through us, through us, is going to show his supernatural power like in the days of Elisha, in the days of the apostle. My brother and sister, through us, the Lord reminded me he has chosen us for this, to show his supernatural power in the days to come. For people to see, for the nation to see that we have been elected, selected by the Lord. And they will see the supernatural power of God through his real church. Not those playing on the pulpit until these days. Not playing games. It will be the supernatural power of God. Whatever we order to be, will be. If we call lightning from heaven, lightning will come from heaven. If we call the wind, we will call the wind. If we order the tsunami to stop, the tsunami will stop. The power of God is near for God to show it through us. So has says the Father, so has says the Lord in the last days. My brothers and sisters, the time for game is over. Now is the time for the supernatural power of God in the days to come. Because we're not going to have no economy. This is why God is allowing the economy to fall. We're not going to have no nation very soon. We're not going to be here for too long either. We are about to be in rapture. But in the days before we go home, this earth will see the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus who walked over water, who came to the disciple boat walking over water, who ordained the sea to become and then obey him. And everybody marveled. So were people marvel of the church of Jesus Christ in the last days. My brother and sisters, the days of Elijah. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. Um, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far from the city, uh, Adam. That is beside Zeriton. And those who came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people had passed clean over the Jordan. Hallelujah. But look, the people passed over right against Jericho. The people of Jericho, my brother and sister, testimony that they have about the children of Israel, that these people were crossing the Jordan dry. They were coming in the power of God. That's what the earth is going to see soon, the church coming, the true church of Jesus Christ, not this playing around in the pulpit church. My brothers and sisters, the true power of God will be manifested powerfully in the days to come. And people will marvel and say, wow, we heard of a watered-down gospel for so many years. 
people playing on TV and they start television. The game is over. The true power of God is about to be manifested on the earth. For death, God has chosen us and separated us. And in the days to come, that's what was seen. And people will glorify God. Not us, God, the Lord Almighty, who went to the cross for each one of us. This is for his glory. This is not for one man's glory, for any man's glory. This is for the glory of Jesus who died on the cross. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. Because he went to the cross for his church, for his people. Many he called, but he can only choose few who truly wanted to die for him and seek him with all their heart. My brother and sister in the last days, the church elected, selected by Christ, who is going home in the rapture, have been separated for him in the last days. My brother and sister, who understood that we're here to serve the Lord and not men, serve the Lord and not the devil. I saw it only Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died for us on the cross. My brother, who gave his life for each and one of us, and we are grateful for what Jesus has done on the cross. We thank him for that. We're very thankful for what Jesus has done for us on the cross, showing his love and mercy that endures forever. We thank him so much. His power will be manifested in the days to come. People will see the power of God. That nothing, hallelujah, can hold the bride of Christ back because the Lord will supply everything and anything that the bride will need in the days to come, including full clothing. My brother and sister, we will pray. I don't think we need clothing, but we're going to need food. But I believe if we need clothing also, we can pray and God will supply it. Whatever we are going to need, our merciful God, our good God, will supply it to us. He will not leave us hungry. He will not leave us naked. But he will be merciful to us to supply our needs according to his riches and glory. I don't know how many of you listened to Sister Celestia's message yesterday, but in this message, she tells and describes the things that are coming and wish we should be preparing and getting ready with the Lord. My brother and sister, before the trumpet sound, because the trumpet will sound, my brother and sister. It will sound. But I also know, just to clarify, that a lot of the things that the celestial has seen are for the great tribulation. Not everything she shared, the bride is going to see. We're only going to see a few more things to come. Three days of darkness, yes. And the Lord would change his bride as Jesus rose up from the dead on the third day. So would the bride be changed in John 4, as Paul said, at the last trumpet. And we'll see the resurrection of the dead. We will go in the revival to win the last soul. The Lord's been speaking to that uh, through his prophet a lot in this past day about that. The church going out to evangelize one last harvest of soul that we are commanded by the Lord to go win for the kingdom. In our glorified body, I believe we're going to do a great job. Right, Brother Tony? Yeah. yeah we're going to go and not fail the Lord, no. not complain of any headache, no, no. any 
Yeah, like he said, in his power, you know, it'll be his power, so we'll be able to do just as, you know. So the nations, remember there will be people pointing rifle at us, shooting us as we evangelize, and not glorify body, but fear not, because no bullet can harm us. Bullet will bounce out of us, and, and that's one thing that the nation will see. If the Lord sends you to Iran, Pakistan, Syria, Libya, I know I'm going to be in the Middle East evangelizing, but I'm not afraid of the bullets and all that. But if the Lord sends you to Russia, you might be persecuted there. If the Lord sends you to China, the Chinese army or Japan, they will, you know, come against you. But don't fear the weapons. Remember that greater is he that is in you. You will have God's supernatural power to call down lightning, wind, the earth. Anything that you can use, God will give you the wisdom at that very moment. You will command it, and it will be held back. My brother and sister, we are so close to that. We are so close. Since 23 began, the Lord began to speak to me about three days of darkness being close. Immediately I got excited because the Lord has shown me, I believe more than once now, that we are changing transformed through the three days of darkness when the Lord comes. Yeah. You know, I, I let me show this verse that I know will get some people excited about the darkness coming. Because it talks about the day of the Lord coming. Okay? But I want you to see that the day of the Lord comes, but it comes with darkness. Okay? Just in case you're wondering about three days of darkness. And some people, you know, yeah, when Jesus comes, it's a great light that he comes, yes. But he says through the prophet... Let me see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. About the day of the Lord, for those, uh, okay, uh, Amos 5.18, woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. And there's a reason why he said woe, because if you're not ready, see, you got to be ready. Got to be ready. Cannot, you know, so you got to be repenting. I just told a Christian on Facebook, as I was putting in the Spanish program, said, why do you say we need to be unrepenting? She says to me. I said, because that's how the Lord wants us to be, yeah. waiting for him. Sure. People get surprised when you see you need to be in daily repenting. Our brother says to me, why do we need to repent so much for the Lord? Mm-hmm. But the question is not, why do we need to repent so much? The question is, why do I flesh sin so much? Yeah. I think that's a better question, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I flesh sin so much? Then that will lead to... We need to repent him very much, right? Yeah. Because yeah. a sinful body. Yeah. So Amos 5.18 says, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end it is for you? Look look now. The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And, and the prophet said that. There's a reason why he said that. Okay? And then 5.20. So not the day of the Lord be darkness and no light. Even a very dark and not brightness in it. Because this is when the Lord comes and during that three days of darkness. Yes, he's going to release bees, animal things, and they're going to be killing people out there and all that same sinner. But those that are repenting, that are waiting on the Lord, will be protected yeah. during this time. But this is like when Jesus died, darkness came upon the land, the Bible says, mm-hmm. after he died. He died at six, still to nine, something that was still darkness on the land, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I had, we did this Bible study already. Okay, people can go and look it up themselves. For three days, my brother and sister, and then what happened? He resurrected on the third day. 
Sunday morning. I believe Sunday morning, the Lord showed me that the three days of darkness is going to happen in a weekend. Okay? And by, it's going to start Saturday, I mean Friday morning. The darkness will begin Friday morning. By Thursday afternoon, we're going to get the red cloud in the north. So look for the red cloud in the north. Like in my area, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the north for everybody. But the Bible says that the kingdom of the heaven is in the north. Yeah. So everything points to the north, okay? The red cloud will be in the skies. Jesus confirmed this to me through my children that revelation. When they come in there, come and see the red cloud. We need to come inside the house because we knew, okay, that that the darkness was beginning. I remember that I share that I was here with Brother Ben and my wife with children. I remember, and, and Brother Tony, I saw him in that revelation, but Brother Tony was in Indiana. He was not here yet. I shared this with Brother Tony before. Yeah. Brother Tony was not here, and I saw him here when the darkness, that Thursday, yeah. before the darkness began. And when we came inside the house, everything began to feel strange, okay? By the next day, it just began to be in dark. By noon next day, it was pitch black. Pitch black, my brothers and sisters, okay? So the Lord revealed that to me, that the darkness is going to be in a weekend. That's why every weekend now <laughs> I'm looking for that when I every Thursday now I'm looking I'm looking to the north to see if I see that red cloud because as he showed me it's gonna be very soon and it's gonna be in a weekend yeah. so I don't even like to plan trip on the weekend but sometimes that's how it is yeah you know in a weekend so I'm looking for that red cloud in that weekend to come because he says it's close and I believe the Lord I'm not gonna go. Where people, oh, it, well, brother, is that really good? No, no, I'm not going to go into that. All I got to do is read the word and know what the word says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, shall I rise? When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be light unto me. This is that. Okay? Our enemy, uh, they're, they're going to be thinking to rejoice. Okay? They're planning to bring their leader into office. You know, the woman they want, which they know is really bad. And, and you know, it says, Rejoice over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be the light unto me. The Lord shall be light unto us. That's what it means. In that darkness, when we sit in the darkness, the Lord will be light unto us, says the prophet. Says the Lord through his word. So we don't need to fear. We don't need to be afraid. We need to pray to being ready. Yeah. That if we will be ready, we will be inside the house. I remember Brother Ben said one time, if for some reason you are traveling and you, re you see the red skies on that Thursday, oh, you realize on Friday morning, whoa, it's supposed to be daytime, but this darkness is not natural. You immediately realize you're in the three days of darkness. And then you are in your car driving. Stop in a rest area. Try to take shelter in a rest area. 
Not a rest area can allow you to. Or if you need to stay in your car, get into prayer there. Get into your prayer language. Begin to pray to the Lord. Begin to ask for the extra protection and the wall of fire. Ask the Lord to send billions and trillions of warriors, angels, archangels, and sheriffs around you. Begin to call the Lord upon your life at that very moment. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out. I'm telling you, cry out. And try not to look out your windows. You know, it, it's going to be terrible up there. Okay? It's going to be terrible. My brothers and sisters, our enemy are getting ready for that day. The Lord showed me. Took me to this place in hell where I saw them training for that day. They are training every day for that day against each other because they want to be ready for that day, my brother and sister. But we need to be getting ready with the Lord for that day, that we are caught, prepared, not unaware, but prepared. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to cause many of our family, my Lord, hallelujah, um, not, not ready. Uh, Sephaniah 115, uh, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, a distress, a day of waste, desolation, a day of darkness and gloomness, a day of cloud and thick darkness. So how do you describe that day, Brother Elvie, that it's going to be? Oh, man. Just read your Bible. Mm. How do you describe that day is going to be, Brother Tony? Yeah, it says uh, trouble and th- thick darkness. How do you describe trouble? Trouble, yeah. You're in trouble, man. Trouble. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, for those that are not, you know, and I can, and I can imagine, you know, it's the, the, the noises out there, you know, as you can tell, like, because that, that's really when, when we hear something like that immediately, you know, but, um, but that's when we have to really, you know, kind of like we were saying about Moses, you know, when he found himself in trouble, you know, he himself was troubled. You know, when he was before Pharaoh and before the sea, he was he was troubled. He didn't know what to do. So, but God had to tell him, look, what use what you got, you know. And uh, that's same for us, you know. If, you know, we shouldn't in those moments, you know, the, uh, you know. This is distress. Distress, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... There was a sister that had a dream. She said that these things were so loud. Yeah. They had a, a really strong pitch. pitch. Uh, like it bothers your ears so much. Really? You can't... She had to, you have to throw yourself in the ground and cover your ears because it was too loud and, not to hear it. and noisy. Yeah. It really... It's a deep pitch into your ears are really yeah. hurtful and painful. And like they're doing that on purpose. To hurt people, oh. to, to cause, you know, distress. Yeah. It says uh, waste and desolation. How do you describe that? Yeah, wasted, uh, wasted, or uh, a day of waste and desolation. Yeah. yeah waste death. of what? Day of waste, uh, like death. Is that, is that? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Then desolation. Yeah. And when they ask, darkness is gluteness. That that is you can practically touch. You know, I turn a light, I turn a light on, and, and it did, yeah. it did not do anything. Some people talk about candles. It's not going to help much. It's just not you. You know, it will be useless. You know, 
it has to be the light of the Lord. Because the prophet said that the Lord will be a light unto me. Yeah. You want to have a supernatural light. I think that that is a moment for us to say, you know what? Forget about candles, light. Let's just ask the Lord to be the light. Maybe we will experience something new, no? Yeah. By asking the Lord to be a light in the darkness, no? Yeah, it does say that uh, there was light in the house of the Israelites, you know. There you go. And back in the Thank Egypt, you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I know this is very hard for a lot of people to believe. I tell you something, when the Lord took me and showed me, I was like, wow. And then I was so shocked and surprised, and the Lord allowed me to experience it. Because I, I was in so building when my wife called me on the, on the phone and said, well, one of the revelation, we got to get the children from school. The teacher said they cannot release them because it's too dark. Mm-hmm. And it was like Friday morning. I know it's the last day of school. And I called Brother Ben. I said, Brother Ben, can you go with me to pick up uh, the children from school? And, bro, yeah, Brother, I'll go, but we're going to have to be in, in communion and prayer. Please keep my Brother Ben in prayer. He really needs a prayer for healing. Thank you, Lord, that the Lord will heal him 100%. Thank you, Jesus, that he will be here with us soon. But, you know, the day of darkness are closed, and you want to be where God wants you to be. Yeah. Don't be in disobedience. Don't be making decisions without asking the Lord to lead you, because you do not want to give that enemy that opportunity to attack your life. Because one thing Jesus says to me, that there are a lot of people not ready for the darkness, Jesus said. Jesus was standing in front of me a few weeks ago and says to me a few days ago that many are not ready for the three days of darkness. He says it requires sincere repenting. And then he showed me who were ready, but showed me the other people were not ready. Please, let's pray that we are ready, that we repent sincerely, because you... These bees are evil. The evil one is, is going to be looking out who he may devour, who he may destroy. And we need to, my brother and sister, be wise that we, hallelujah, give the, the enemy no open doors for him to attack us in any way, shape, or form. We need to be wise. Please be wise in the decision that you will be making in the last days. Because the warning of God's words are, hallelujah, um, there, my brothers and sisters, hallelujah. We do not want to be caught by surprise. Joel says that the, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and terrible day of the Lord coming. Which I, we know that's the second coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Joshua 2, a day of gloomness, a darkness and gloomness, a day of cloud and thick darkness, morning gray upon the mountain. A great people is strong. They have not been ever liked, neither should be any more after, even to the year, a generation. When we compare this to Revelation, it's talking about the locusts being released, which I believe that's later in the Great Revelation. Amen. But it's still speaking about darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Uh, 32a, all, all the bright light of heaven will make dark over thee. Set darkness upon the land, saith the Lord. So God has to do this. God has to do this. Because what the Lord revealed to me is the land needs to be cleansed. You know? Now, in regard to all these events happening, when will the darkness happen? Everything is closed right now. Very, very close. We need to be in repenting. Sincere repenting. Not just repenting. Hallelujah. Um, we are saved by grace. I imagine that that's a good question. What happens if people die over the darkness? Well, we're saved by grace. If God allows some of the people to die who are saved by grace, and the person is repenting, I believe the person can go to the valleys, can be saved. I believe the person can be saved. Okay? I don't want to think negative or speak negative. I believe people can be saved. It's just to be ready to be in, turned into a glorified body afterwards, Jesus said that you need to be doing sincere repentance. You know, getting ready for for this. And this is what the Lord is having us doing now in our own walk with him, being in repenting, um, seeking out the holiness and righteousness. You know, I you know, I went to the park yesterday and I was questioning, Lord, should I be here? Like we need to be questioning every decision. You know? Because we, we, this is not the time to get into disobedience. This is not the time because everything is too close. If you know, if let's say you get into disobedience now, in order to sign these things are upon your life, then is that the moment for you to you know, have a beast in, on top of you repenting. Have a lion devouring you repenting. So you have to, you have to already be repenting. You have to already be calling up unto the Lord. And and pray for you not to get into disobedience right now. Because this is not the time. We're too close. We're not a four. Like Jesus said, I was thinking about that in, in Revelation. That no one will take your crown. Okay? Because this is a great testing that is coming upon the world, right? He says. Yeah. And, and you know, watch that no one will take your crown. And right now is the moment for us to be watching. Because if you get into disobedience, someone else can take your crown. God will have to give it to someone else who confess the Lord and repent. When you had it. Because you just went into sin and disobedience, an example. And that's, that's not where you want to be. Because if if you lose that at this moment, your crown, our salvation, an example, then you're going to have to truly commit in the great tribulation. But then you're running from a demon for seven years, hiding and cave here and there with no food, no water. Is that what you want for yourself? Because you have, you have to say, what do I want for myself? And you have to say, well, do I want to be seven years running? Because I think about this myself when I'm, I'm in prayer, after prayer, before prayer, and I think about this myself. Do I want to stay behind the regulation? My answer is no. So I know I need to be consecrated myself to God because I don't want to stay behind. I don't want to be here for seven years. I want to go to the wedding celebration. I want to enjoy everything that the Lord has killed for us. Because that's what the Bible says in Revelation in Matthew 22. I have killed my fatling. The Lord had prepared a great feast for us. You're going to lose that feast because 
a foolish decision. This is not the moment. It is not the moment. We're too close. Too close. We cannot afford to lose what we already have. Have in our hand that God has given us. That has taken you so much until now. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Don't bring this punishment upon your life. Right, Brother Tony? Right. Yeah, we're too close. We're just too close. We cannot afford to lose. Now, listen to Sister Celestia, because this message, I believe, is very powerful. Now, again, we'll join us on Tuesday night to our Bible study. And I believe we're going to have a wonderful Bible study on Tuesday night. Do not miss them. Stay connected with the Lord, please. We're too close. I want to miss the departure rapture of Jesus Christ. Right, Brother Tony? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you're welcome to this channel. The old and new subscribers are like you're very welcome. Please check the description box of every video, and that is where you will find all the information about where the Master's Voice Prophecy blog can be followed on audio and video. They're alternate channels that have a more complete playlist They have all the videos that have been made here, and that's where you can find certain videos about medical stuff. That's where you can find medical prophecies. That's where you can find all the prophetic words that I received from the Lord concerning COVID-19 and things of that nature since 2020 until, I think, about the end of 2022. And I continue. This video was made before. And the entire video was lost. The video came out without sound. So I'm remaking the video. And I want to make it clear concerning the censorship and the shadow banning and the attacks that are coming against this channel. I devote a great amount of time to making sure that these prophecies are done with the spirit and the emphasis that the Lord God intends So the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is not a personal channel. This is not a place where people can come and chat with me and ask me, well, what are your thoughts and do you have any comment about this and that going on in the world? If you hear me mentioning anything that's going on in the world today, it relates directly to a prophecy that I have brought in the past. The only reason that current events are referred to here on TMV is because they were spoken about three or four years ago when nobody had any idea, inkling or clue that things that they see on TV now would be happening. So at the time that I was speaking them, they seemed far-fetched. They seemed fantastical. They seemed almost arrogant and presumptive. Many people let me know that that was their opinion. But now that we are on the cusp of many of the things that I was speaking about in 2019 and 2020, specifically rise of Russia and China, anti-American sentiment taking place all over the world, people beginning to castigate America, people beginning to threaten America on live TV in front of all the other nations. For instance, what happened with the Iranian prime minister at the United Nations. I just found out about that today. Today is November the 12th, and that happened almost two and a half weeks ago, I think on October the 26th, a bold statement that he made saying that if the United States doesn't stay out of the current conflict in the Middle East, she will not escape this fire. That is what that man told the United States in front of 193 other countries at the United Nations with everyone present. And I prophesied this in 2021. 
I think it was early part of the year 2021, saying that the nations will be very bold and they will speak exactly what their intentions are towards the United States without fear of repercussions and without fear of censure. And still, because the general mindset of your average American is who is he to tell us such things? And we'll just press one button and wipe them off the map. This is literally the kind of commentary that comes out of your average American when these kinds of things are happening. Just bear in mind that it's already been prophesied to this nation that that is your curse, that even when danger is lurking and when danger stops lurking and begins to tell you in your face, I'm going to bash you with a rock, the Lord says that the American response will be tone deaf will not see which way the wind is blowing. And so there's a lot of censorship that is coming against um, this ministry. And it is not easy to plow a furrow and lose an entire video, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, 35 minutes, and only 13 minutes of the video is actionable. And it's not because of the equipment. It is just generally. And so when I do this work, and it comes out prayerfully as the Lord intends. I'm going to put it up and I'm going to leave it. And whatever the response is to that, so be it. My responsibility is firmly on this side of the camera to make sure that the Lord's word is delivered. And no matter the opposition coming against it, Facebook is now locking me out of the account. I'm not able to post. I'm not able to do anything for a week, for 10 days. I'm not making any backup anything. I just think that that's what I'm trying to say because the Lord did say to speak the truth and to let anyone know. So the platforms that I have now, I think there are about 14 of them. There's podcasts where you can listen in audio. There's video and there's alternate videos. But I'm just making it clear that I'm not going to do this labor five, six times over. I'm going to do it once and I'm going to do it well to the best that I can in the ability of the spirit. But I've always said that you will not always have access to this. It is not a given. It is not a granted that you will have someone sitting here and teaching you out of the word of God and telling you things before they come. It will not always be accessible. The time is coming where truth will come with persecution. The time is coming after that where truth is going to come with attacks and exclusion. And the time is coming after that where truth is going to come with martyrdom and death. In all that is prophesied, Matthew 24, I think it's Luke 21, Mark 13, Revelation 6. It's all there for the discerning student of the Bible to go and look at and know that exactly what you're watching now and saying, we're with you, Celestial, and we're praying, well, it's going to come to every door that names the name of Jesus Christ. Today's prophecy was received on the 6th of November. I actually made it a day later and then found that the video was no good, and so I'm remaking this message shorter. The title of the prophecy is Disasters Incoming. Disasters Incoming, November the 6th, 2023. And this was the Lord speaking to me in the very early morning this has become something that he's doing more and more frequently, also speaking to me just generally throughout the day. Simple statements, statements that I personally am taking to heart. And before I made this prophecy the last time, I asked the Lord if there was anything that he wanted me to say, if there was anything he wanted me to let people know. 
And what the Lord said is that the time for America to repent already passed. So he said, tell them, and I'm not reading this because it's not written down. He said, tell them that the time for the nation to repent, tell them that their favorite um, scripture, which is 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent of this, their sins. That one, the one that I constantly meet when I'm uploading videos, when I'm curating um, written messages, and people always say, well, the way you say these things is so definitive. You say these things as if we couldn't repent. But think of Nineveh. Nineveh repented. And I've always said that Nineveh did repent. It was a national repentance. That's because everyone's heart in Nineveh was pierced when they heard the words of the prophet Jonah. Everyone was cut to the heart, exactly as Acts chapter 2 says. But you must be pierced when you hear the charges of your sin. And all the people in Nineveh repented. But the people in America do not repent. People in America are taking weed gummies, which is something that I personally did not know existed until two days ago, putting drugs into gelatin and candy and then eating the candy and getting high and sitting around giggling like a moron and thinking that this is the kind of culture. Elderly people are doing this. Teenagers are doing this. People are sharing. They're baking drugs into the brownies at work. This is the culture that people still want to say that this is a die-hard, Jesus-centered nation. And the delusion is quite high. And that's because we're at the end now. So people will tell themselves anything. But the Lord says that the favorite verse, if my people who are called by, the name, by my name will humble themselves and turn for them sins, turn from their sins, repent of their wicked ways, right? Then I will heal their land. He says that that scripture does not apply because America's case, America's judgment is not the case of Nineveh. America's judgment is the case of mystery Babylon from Revelation 18. America's judgment is basically Noah's judgment, which means that I, celestial, am sent and I'm sent to speak. And when I speak, there is an ear and there is a remnant in America and around the world who will hear what I'm saying. And they will come out of the practices of fallenness. They will come out of the practices of justifying evil. They will come out of all compromise and they will separate themselves unto God. And everybody else is going to be laughing and mocking and missing all the signs and completely ignorant of the season until the raindrops fall, except that here in America, what will drop is bombs. What will drop is bombs. And when those bombs fall, it will be too late to test the prophecy, test my spirit, test anything. When the bombs fall, that will be the shutting of the ark, the separation of righteous from unrighteous. So God says to tell America that it is too late, that the time that the nation should repent it, he told me, Celestial, tell them, that the time they should have repented as a corporate group, which is what Nineveh did, has long passed. It already went past, and I was not told by the Lord how far back in the past that was. So don't think perhaps that it was next last Tuesday, or it was just perhaps at the beginning of my ministry, because I've always said that if you listen to the prophecies that I bring, 
from the very first one up to the one that I'm making nearly five years later, it has never given any intimation. It has never given a hint that there was a door open for corporate repentance. Because what I always prophesy is the Lord saying that he will never accept America's repentance. He will never accept. He said that there's no absolution for the abortions, for the homosexuality, for the corruption of the children. The only thing that I've ever brought forth is personal repentance. And that's exactly what he said. He said, tell them that the time for corporate repentance has already passed. It's already gone. It's over. It's finished. He said, all that's left now is a personal cleansing of the garments. Tell them to repent of their sins. Tell them to separate from every compromised lifestyle, to confess their sins, to be cut in their heart at the wickedness of their nation. And he said, now they should know that all that remains is the cross. Whoever hears the word of the Lord, he said, and comes to the cross in repentance and to set aside sin and to seek the Holy Spirit and to seek the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness for sin and to be clothed with the robe of righteousness and taught how to walk in holiness before the Lord. Then he says, whoever comes to the cross, him I will receive and whoever will not, I will not. So that was the word that the Lord gave me in the original video, and I bring it to you now. Another thing that the Lord said to me today, just in the process of making dinner, I'm making dinner, and right in the process of it, I simply hear the Lord say, there is a coalition of nations that is already formed against the United States. There is a coalition of nations that have already formed against the United States. And this is not hard to believe. No one will stand at a podium and threaten this country unless there is a certain confidence to the threat. So America can make threats back, and indeed threats have been made back. Stay out of it, and if you dare, and all that. But let us look at the brazenness to threaten America in the first place. If a threat is being made, whether you see it or not, whether you understand it now or not, there's confidence that's coming from somewhere that this threat can be carried out. And what a pity it is to think that a threat is empty when instead it is full. Disasters incoming. There are natural disasters coming to the Great Lakes area, mostly floods. The Great Lakes area will be humbled by multiple natural disasters and crises. The entire region will be destroyed by floods and they will not remain in their homes. They will be scattered, according to my word, to every place for safety that they can flee to. All Great Lakes states will suffer intense natural disasters and they will go to Emergency centers, like you described, incredible rainfall and floods. And Lake Michigan and Lake Erie will overflow, driving people from their homes into emergency crisis centers for safety. FEMA will control them and tell them what to do. And they will not have a choice. Tell them 
You will lose what you have because of corruption in your cities, because of wicked politicians, because of drugs, because of porn, because of sodomy and child molestation. The judgment of the Lord is to humble you because you did not repent. So here is the Lord's estimation of the states in the Great Lakes region. The Lord says that these states are hiding dirty politics, drug use, porn, sodomy, and molesting children. And he says that he will judge them to the point of humbling them because they did not repent. So once again, right here in the prophecy, it matches with what I said a few minutes ago in the introduction. That it is dangerous and it is foolish to have one estimation of yourself, to see yourself one way. When in fact, the person who is going to judge every life on earth is seeing you another way. So flooding is coming. I already brought this prophecy in May. Not May, it's April. April the 3rd, 2023. The prophecy is called Headlines of the Future. In that prophecy, I said that I had five dreams, and the Lord told me to speak of four of the dreams. One of the dreams was that Florida is going to have a shattering, shattering natural disaster where that bit that sticks out into the sea is just going to break off. And the reason it broke off, I said, was because I saw the sea was rising and the sea was so angry that the sea was coming in on that sound with both sides until the water flooded in, and then it broke off. And just a part of... Florida that's attached to the mainland to the rest of the continent was there but the other half broke off and went into the sea another dream I had was Portland and Oregon they were flooding and they were having terrible natural disasters as their punishment and also the Great Lakes was mentioned that there would be overflowing to the point that as the Lord said the foreigners would come out of their places and this foreigner this word foreigners could either refer to actual human beings that are settled around that area, but then why would the Lord distinguish foreigners from anybody else? He would just say the people would flee, as he said here. Those foreigners likely are referencing animals like the, I know it's not called the abominable snowman. There's another word for it, the other one. I'm sure that it will be understood what I'm talking about. The huge, tall uh, wolf creatures and other other spiritual entities, spiritual entities that also have a natural appearance that live in the higher areas, but when the water becomes uncharacteristically high, then those creatures will be driven out of hiding. They will be driven out of their natural habitats. And that is when there will be increased sightings of people saying, I saw this and I saw this and I saw that. So these natural disasters are coming as part of the prophecy that came in twenty. I think it was 2022, round about October or so there. Um, I did one prophecy, and I think the title has Trans Army, Natural Disasters, Trans Army, and something else. If you put that into the search engine for YouTube, Natural Disasters, Trans Army, and put Master's Voice Prophecy Blog, I'm sure it'll be the first result that comes up. And in that prophecy, the Lord was saying that America is going to be humbled by natural disasters, the kind of natural disasters that she's never experienced before. He said the the things that we're going to start to suffer here will be one for the record books. And that is because America is used to having the favor of God. What the favor of God does that most people don't understand is if your punishment's going to be a ten, because God favors you, it could drop to a six or even a four. 
So the favor of God has this kind of numbing effect. It kind of absorbs the impact of the blows that would come against you as a consequence of your action. But the Lord says that he's going to remove his hand of favor from the United States. And when the devastation comes and it's a 10, it's going to have 10 consequences. It's going to have a 10 death toll. It's going to have a 10 impact. Everything is going to be a 10 out of 10. And I've spoken about some of these impacts, such as the fact that emergency services will no longer come when we make these calls. There's only going to be these automated voices on these calls. Hi, how may I correct, connect your call? No one is going to pick up and say, 911, what's your emergency? And so natural disasters, the Lord says, are going to be for the record books. They're going to be the kind of natural disasters, I have said, that people normally see in India in the monsoon season where there's just intense rainfall. He saves incredible rainfall. So that is not normal rainfall. Intensity means that something is extremely strong. Flooding. This is your insurance company not, not paying up. Most of them are going to deny claims. Most of them are going to say that they're not supporting anything. They're going to start calling these things acts of God. The part of the contract that is rarely invoked is going to be invoked. Claims are going to be denied. And a lot of people are going to be out of their homes and also out of pocket with absolutely no finances and no assistance from their insurance company to start over. This is what intensity is. It is a multiplicity of factors that makes a bad situation much, much worse than it should be. And the Lord says that the whole region will be destroyed by floods. And this is because in the previous prophecy, I just mentioned it, headlines of the future, what I saw is that that area in there, there was a rift, there was a crack. First of all, the floods caused all the lakes to join together until they were just like one big massive soup. But then on top of that, there was a crack. And I read from another prophecy stating that and there was a massive crack. And what happened is water flowed and flooded and flooded into the center of America trying to fill that crack. Why? Because it's an area of depression. It's a lower lying area. And the Lord has already said that many other great lakes this is not official Great Lakes, but due to flooding and natural disasters, many other Great Lakes will form all over the country. And that's going to cause a lot of displacement, a lot of movement. So the region will be destroyed by floods and God says that people will not stay in their homes. And how can they? Most people like to shelter in place. They don't like to go with rescue services. They don't want to leave their animals. But the Lord says that this scattering is commanded by him, and this is to take away your comfort. Because when America causes wars in other countries, when America goes and invades here and America bombs there, the people have to run. They have to run. They're forced away from their homes, as we're currently watching now, as we've been watching since last year with Ukraine. So in, if, you, if you are a nation that causes that for others, then for justice to be carried out against you in judgment, that same thing that you have caused elsewhere, you must also experience it. Or the Lord is not just. Or the Lord is not fair. And also, if not, then it means that the Lord is not true to his word. It means that the Lord will send a prophecy and then say, okay, I was only joking. And that is absolutely not the case. 
He says, they will be scattered, according to my word, to every place for safety they can flee to. This is not even fleeing outside the border. Some people may do that. This is just having to run from a wall of water, such as a tsunami or some kind of chest-high water. And you, ha- you have children who are all below chest height. You're not going to be able to stay in the place, in the same place. So God is talking here of emergency centers, just like you described. So he's talking to me. The emergency centers prophecy the first time I think I was talking about it in any kind of pictorial detail is in the prophecy called Maga Deception, where at the end I had an intense dream where I was in a hotel-like kind of place, and I didn't really have a clear memory as, as to what I was doing there. I was thinking that I was there for a work conference, but the, at the, as the dream progressed, I realized that I was in some kind of facility, and in that facility they were drugging the food. They were drugging the food so that none of us had a clear memory of what we were doing there. I personally thought I'd come there for work. And I was thinking, what am I doing in this dinky place, this two-star place? What am I doing here? And why am I here so many days? But I could never put my finger on why. But it turned out that they were microdosing the food with something that I had never heard of. The Lord revealed this drug to me in a dream. And I called it a very wrong name. But the name of the drug is ayahuasca some kind of potent drug that everyone in there and their ancestor is crossing the border to go over to South America to have genuine experiences and trip. America, you play a dangerous game. You actually think that you can take drugs in God's face and get away with it. You think that you can legalize marijuana. You think that you can legalize psychedelics. You think as an older person now, because the hippie era is over and you're retired, and so you have nothing to do but to chew cannabis gummies with your children, and you actually think that you will get away with it. You think that you will have a restful, peaceful life engaging in sorcery, defiling the temple of your body. Young people I see you all the time, high as kites, barely able to hold on to your retail jobs because you're not sober enough to get the good ones. People in this country actually think that they can dance with the devil in the pale moonlight and get away with it. And then when they hear prophetic judgment of a sodomite, drugged up, evil, corrupt, wicked, warmongering place, then they're shocked and they're saying, but celestial... What, what have we done to the Lord? They were drugging us in that FEMA camp. And the reason that they were drugging us in that FEMA camp is because that FEMA camp was a place to actually re-educate people or exterminate them. They were killing people in that camp. And the Lord revealed to me and to my brother who was also in that camp what it was. And we fled that place because he showed us that the drugs will be administered low-key to build up usefulness of the drug. Oh, I don't know what it's called. Resistance to build up something in people so that they will be docile. And when announcements are made, they will just fall into line with it. And another thing he said to me in that dream is that there is red and there is yellow and there is, I think, blue and green in the FEMA camp. And what that means is they will basically give people tags. Excuse me, please. They will give people tags according to their willingness to obey. So it might be a camp where you are being drugged slowly. They were drugging us through the food. 
They were putting the drugs in the food, but the reason that it wasn't brainwashing me was because people hated me in that camp so much that I quickly realized that I don't know what this hate is about because I was still eating the food, so there was still an effect on me in that dream. But at the same time, I stopped going for regular meal times. So I stopped going at the proper breakfast, the proper lunch, and the proper dinner. And I started to go at odd times because the food was always available. There was always 24 hours hot food in that place because they were drugging us all the time. And so because I went at off times, the drugs were not as potent in the food. And a worker in that place revealed it to me. So that's one of the things that they'll be doing in the camps. Another thing they'll be doing in the FEMA camps is re-education. You that is the strong gun-owning, patriot-owning, flag-toting, confederate flag-loving, this land is my land, this land is your land, you are going to be the red group. You will be the very first people to be exterminated and put to death. They're not even going to try to re-educate you because they know that you have a core that cannot be changed. And guess what? We are in the end times. The new world order does not have time to invest months and months and months trying to change your mind about Jesus, trying to change your mind about patriotism, trying to change your mind that America should not be amalgamated into the 10, the 10, um, what is the word? The 10 territories that are going to be monitored by 10 governors or 10 kings. What is coming in the end times? They don't have time to try and win you over. They will simply put you to death. It's much quicker. It's much more expedient. That is what the Lord meant when he said there is red and there is yellow and there is green and there is orange. Green, blue, they will know these ones, these kids are ripe for socialism. They're ripe for Big Brother. They're ripe for the digital currency. They're ripe for everything. They're easily brainwashed and they can easily be assimilated into the new system. Orange means a little work must be done. Yellow, probably the same thing. A little work must be done. It's the group where you watch. I spoke of the different colors before where I said that in the future, when you have to go for your mandatory AI check, if you have this interface with AI and you're not emotional and you're calm and you're able to keep your wits about you and you have the helmet of salvation on your head where that AI will have trouble reading you, the Holy Spirit might be jamming all its signals. At the end of your interaction, your mandatory wellness check, they will call it, the AI will monitor a green that you're all, all fine. But if the AI is checking you and you're having meltdowns and I don't want to be here, why are you asking me this question? And that thing is playing psychological chess on you and you're just, the best you can do is a game of checkers. Well then, you might get an orange, an orange, uh, an orange check, which simply means this one needs to come back for more sessions. And I warned, I warned that continued exposure to AI will destroy people because AI is demonic. Don't listen to the tech bros out there because what they're undoing is unleashing a tiger to slash humanity. And the hubris in them, the pride in them is so great that they are busy unleashing something that they confess themselves very often in pricey articles that you have to have a subscription to read. They're always confessing, we don't know the extent of AI. We don't really understand what it is, yes, because it's being handed over to them by overlords from another dimension. 
They're just following like monkey see, monkey do. Minions bought out, sold out. Orange means that you need to come back and interface with AI more and more, but continued and prolonged exposure to AI makes people unstable because this is an artificial intelligence and Satan is inhabiting that thing. Master manipulator, able to go to your weakest areas, the sore places, your unhealed trauma and play upon it. And then later that thing starts working in you and you might take your own life. And if you get red in those interactions, straight away they're taking you to extermination camp. FEMA will have increased control, he says. Tell them that FEMA will control them and tell them what to do. And they will have no choice. And I just brought a dream here a few days ago. The title of that prophecy is Run, where something had happened. I don't think it was in New York, but we were somewhere and we were in a large facility like a sports arena. And they were lining us up. They were bringing people in buses, but they were also people were also driving themselves to that place as the nearest crisis center. And this is what God is saying. You won't get to enjoy your homes. You won't get to stay at your home. You will have to scatter, according to his word, to every place for safety that you can find. Lake Michigan and Lake Erie will flood. They will overflow their banks. And people will have to drive away from that area and go to emergency crisis centers where FEMA will be in total control. In the dream I had, I didn't see FEMA. But what was clear to me is that when you got into that crisis center and once you were registered and they gave you a little food and they told you, go up and take a seat in those uncomfortable stands and try to get some rest and families, please stay together and keep your voices low. Well, after that, we could not leave. So the Lord says we will not have a choice. And he said, tell them that they will lose what they have because their cities are corrupt. This is the Great Lakes region. And the politicians are wicked. Ohio, that's for sure. Making an emphatic stand for abortion instead of against it. Because they, have, because they use drugs and because of porn and sodomy and child molestation. Look at how many children. Look at how everybody suddenly has woken up and seen how many children are going missing in Ohio. So everyone thinks that this is a big city problem. This is a New York problem, human trafficking. And yet the Lord is pointing firmly at these states that don't really make the news, that don't really make national news for any reason. The judgment of God is to humble you, he said, because you did not repent. I hope you can hear that he says, not because you will not repent, but because you did not, which feeds directly into what the Lord said in the beginning that the time for corporate repentance, the time for America can kneel down and be Nineveh, that passed long ago and all that's left. The door is only open for individual repentance. The next part of the prophecy has been heard before. The entire Northeast will be destroyed by the floodwaters of a tsunami. The tsunami is the judgment of New York City for her sins. New York Harbor will be flooded underwater and New York City will be utterly overcome by a wall of water higher than the construction of the city itself. The waters of my judgment will overflow that rebellious city by the sea, and there will be not much left of the surrounding cities. And so this is to New York and New Jersey, Pennsylvania, to Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. All these states will suffer the after effects 
of the New York tsunami. And when all is said and done, it will be counted as one of the worst natural disasters in American history. And then the Lord repeated these states, New York, New Jersey, and the city of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania and Vermont. Those are marked for a particular judgment. So I've spoken of the New York tsunami before. The New York tsunami will be one of the most apocalyptic and final things that this country goes through. One of the most devastating judgments that the Lord will bring to this nation. There will be a similar um, water disaster on the West Coast as well. And in that water disaster, there's going to be earthquakes as well. They may occur simultaneously. They may occur apart, but tsunamis often come sometimes as a result of an earthquake. There will be a devastating earthquake on the um, in San Francisco. I saw that the land will break apart into two pieces. And the, the San Francisco, they're going to break along the San Andreas and a whole part of the West Coast is just going to slide into the sea. But here on the Northeast, it has been asked of me often by people who don't live in New York State, Celestial, will, will the tsunami affect anywhere else? And I've always said, just thinking of geography and thinking of what you saw in Hiroshima and thinking of what you saw in Thailand, what do you think? Is it possible for a tsunami of the magnitude, the Lord is saying, that the city of New York will be covered by that water? First of all, water doesn't stay upright forever. So when the water finally comes down, when the waves crash down, and that volume of water has been vomited up by the sea upon the U.S. landmass, is it possible for surrounding states like New Jersey, that's just five minutes away basically by the Lincoln Tunnel, for instance, is it possible for that much displaced water to simply stay in a pool in New York City? The answer is no. And so the Lord is saying that all the cities that are around New York City and New York State are going to suffer the same judgment the entire Northeast destroyed by these floodwaters of the tsunami. The judgment is directly upon New York for the incredible sins that she commits. Just thinking of a few of them from many prophecies I've brought here, the Lord says that one of the judgments of New York will be for the devastation that she has caused in other countries, and that prophecy is called New York, Do You Remember? So that is one. Another thing is the sexual perversion in New York City. Everything goes here. It's not just homosexuality. It's pederasty. Very old people with very young people, and they just follow love is love. It's uh, pedophilia, trying to mask itself as minor attractive persons. It's transgenderism. It is uh, destroying the children with what they're being taught. The drag queens are teaching the children, and the teachers are even coming to school sometimes dressed as drag queens. There's so much that shows up in the news. It's the pretending that God did not create male and female, but creating 31 official genders. All these things are, they are defiance. But because we live in the modern world and we have TV and we have apps, we don't actually take modern sins and put them in proper context. So we think that sins for today, we give them new clean names, we change the language, we practice what, what I just shared in an old video a few days ago, one of the recent videos. Corruption is the act of 
changing the meanings of words to twist them around and to give them a degrading context. And what you do is you lower the import, you lower the impact, and you lower the value of those words by calling sin inclusiveness, by calling sin love, by calling sin diversity. You pervert justice in the earth. You pervert God's order, and you cannot be allowed to get away with it. And that is why these punishments are coming to New York City. The harbor will be flooded underwater, and the city itself overcome by a wall of water higher than the construction. So prophecies you can look at are underwater. Another one is the water will arise like a pencil. And the third one is called over the tops of the buildings. All three of those prophecies are available in print on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. This is www.the-masters-voice.com as well as here on YouTube. You simply look at the dashboard or you can use the search bar, put the name of the prophecy in there and then make sure to type the Master's Voice Prophecy blog after it and the very first result that comes up will be the video that you're looking for. And so there will be flooding in New York City. I've spoken of a flood that I saw, not this one that came that was so devastating and was so shocking, but uh, a real flood, this flood that came, uh, came up to the height of the parking meters. The water was at the height of the New York parking meters, and I saw that the subways were completely flooded, and I saw that people were desperate because if you had two babies or three babies, speaking of young children, it's not only an actual baby, but speaking of any kid that was below the height of that, it was going to be a very dangerous situation. I saw that the water was so filthy, so, so filthy, gray, dirty, sometimes foamy water, and people were walking in that water trying to find higher ground and trying to find places of safety. So New York definitely has more than one judgment coming up, more than one water disaster. But this one, God says that all these states that surround New York State are going to suffer the after effects of the tsunami. And when all is said and done, when damage is counted, when the death toll is counted, when these buildings snap in half, as I said, I saw the buildings simply smashed down like this. They simply bowed. They just smashed in half. Some buildings snapped off in the middle. Some buildings snapped off at the base. I said, I saw in the vision that God was showing me how much glass we have here. I truly became aware of how deadly glass is, how much glass we have in the construction and the skyscrapers and all the beautiful monuments because when that glass was flying, it was devastating. And the this the speed of the water, what God called it was megaton force, megaton force, basically the detonation of bombs. The same speed, the same fierceness, the same power that bombs go off with, that is the power of the water. And it caused construction glass to fly everywhere, shattering debris, major loss of life. And the Lord says that this tsunami for New York City that will affect so many other areas is going to be counted as one of the worst natural disasters in American history. The next thing the Lord said is that America is filled with corrupt politicians and people who take bribes. People tell lies. Men lie against their neighbor and they operate in hatred towards their own family. 
It is hard to find a righteous man. The righteous perish from the earth and no one notices. The righteous are taken away and no one wonders why. It is to protect them against the evil day coming to the earth. The day of the Lord's judgment of the wicked. If you want to know more about the Lord's judgment of the wicked, encapsulated in one place, talking about so many various things that will happen to the earth at the same time, including the prophecy has been brought forth, the invasion and destruction of America by foreign forces. That is in Isaiah 13. There's an entire video on that on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog that is entitled Isaiah 13. It comes in two parts because the message was so long, I had to break it up into part one and part two. So the Lord says that America's politicians are corrupt. And I don't think that this is a surprise to anyone. We constantly see the scandals. More and more of them will come. And if you notice, an old prophecy from 2020 is currently being fulfilled. TV is certainly interesting now, isn't it? The Lord said, that as we sit here in the United States, and as, as you may notice, he said that TV will become the star of the home. The TV will suddenly begin to give update after update after update until we will feel that we are in something that is a mix between a roller coaster and a telenovela, one of those miniseries that constantly ends on a cliffhanger and that has you wondering what's coming next and what's coming next. And all the way in 2020, the Lord was saying that the TV is going to hold center stage in the house because it's going to be a source of breaking news. You don't know if we're looking at the aliens or we're looking at the Fed now currency coming up. We don't know what exactly we're looking at, but we're just looking everywhere because it's update after update after war after threat, after airstrike. And still, according to Isaiah 9, my hand is stretched out still, meaning I am not yet done with you, America. So the politicians are corrupt and people are bribed. And when people are bribed, they pervert righteousness. Listen to this verse from Exodus chapter 23 and verse 8. And you shall take no gift, for a gift blinds the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. So when you introduce a gift into the situation, somebody can be influenced to vote a certain way. Somebody might be influenced to vote for a certain construction project because it puts a lot of money into certain other people's pockets. And to get that money into those people's pockets, they bring a gift to those who are supposed to approve or deny housing permits and to approve or deny building projects. When you bring a gift, people in the Senate and people in the House of Representatives don't do what is right. When you involve yourself in nepotism and corruption, you pervert righteousness. When you bring a gift, it says it makes wise people blind. So you can buy out judges and you can buy out entire jury juries. And there's no such thing as blind justice. In a nation where scandals constantly break, that payoffs and kickbacks do happen. When you bring a gift, it says you pervert the words of the righteous so people can be paid to bring false testimony. They can be paid to falsely accuse. They can be paid to lie. They can be paid to look the other way and say, I wasn't aware. And this is what people always do in the congressional hearings, don't they? They sit there and they tell bald-faced lies. 
with all the data that's available in their own companies and they say, I had no idea that this was going on. I'm the CEO. I was only playing golf. I didn't know what my underlings were doing. Corruption puts a nation to shame and bribery perverts righteousness. People lie against their neighbor and they operate in hatred towards their own family. We're seeing the murders. We're seeing the rapes. We're seeing the femicides. We're seeing the babies appearing in the news. Sad tragedies as their parents do heinous things to them. It is hard to find a righteous man. The righteous are perishing from the earth and no one notices. They're being taken away and God says that nobody's really thinking about why the good people are dying. But he has the answer. It is to protect them against the evil day that is coming to this earth. The day when God will judge the wicked. The scripture for it is Isaiah 57 and verse 1. The righteous perish and no man takes it to heart. And merciful men are taken away. But none consider that the righteous are taken away from the evil to come. And so I've always shared here that there are certain prophecies on the master's voice. Usually if you look in the search bar and you use the word harvest, such as the harvest is ready and desolations are determined part one, you will find well-detailed prophecies there about how the Lord says that he will take the righteous home. There's no age restriction on this. Please don't think that the Lord is simply talking to older people who have lived a full life. The Lord will take babies home. The Lord will take very young children home. He will take athletic teens that everybody loves and everybody thinks, but he was so young. Across the board, the righteous will be taken out of the earth, and God says it's to protect them from the evil day that is coming. Likewise, the wicked also will be taken away, but that is part of a separate judgment for the wicked. God says that he will give the righteous rest. One of the prophecies that I brought here, um, it's called the end of the way of the wicked, either part one or part two. The Lord was saying that people are going to learn how much of a buffer and how much of a protector righteous people are in the family. So that person who always prays, that person who always fasts, that person who's always trying to evangelize in the family. And listen to what the Lord is saying here. People operate in hatred towards their own family. A lot of the time that hatred is directed to the righteous person in the family. The person who decided to give their life to Jesus. The person who decided to stop smoking with everybody else. And come on to the side of the right where the sheep are and leave the side of the left where the goats are. And that is why the Bible says that a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So righteous people provide a buffer. Their prayers are heard by God and they intercede. The Bible even tells us that in the case of marriage that an unbelieving husband will be covered by his wife and an unbelieving wife is covered by her husband. So righteousness is its own reward. It's a shield. It's a sheltering. It's a cover. But when these people are removed, the blessing of their prayers go with them. The blessing of the shelter that they provide because they are in the house and God loves them. And so God is covering the house. And so the unrighteous are protected. Just like Noah, the Bible tells us nothing about the moral standing of Noah's family members. It simply says that the righteousness of Noah is what engaged the Lord's mercy, compassion, love, and favor towards Noah. And the Lord preserved those eight people, righteous Noah and Noah's family of who knows whether they were super righteous or not. They were protected because they were attached to Noah. 
So when the Noahs are removed, when the righteous seed are removed, judgment will enter the house because there's no protection, there's no buffer. The Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit doesn't have an, a relationship with anybody else in the house. And the Lord is concerned not about the living who shall be behind with no covering, trying to figure out themselves and wondering, everything went bad after grandma died. Things went downhill for us after dad died. Everything became dark after the teenager died. Things just weren't the same. It's because those prayers were shielding and buffering the house. And yet the Lord's concern is more for the righteous that will be taken away. The only thing he has to say here about the wicked is that his day of judgment is coming for them. And people always think that the wicked is the elites, the human trafficker. You are wicked if you are following any doctrine in your heart that is separate from and defiance against God. God is concerned with the righteous that he will take away. And he says, oh, no, I'm protecting them. I'm bringing them to myself. I'm bringing them into the safety of a different kind of ark. The wicked will find that there's many more wicked than just human traffickers, many more wicked than just rapists and murderers to regard and love idols, human or spiritual, religious idols is a sin. To have a heart that is contrary to the word of God is a sin. People actually don't understand what the kingdom of heaven is like, how precious, how holy how clean it is. But all these things will be brought to our understanding, unfortunately, with strokes upon the back. There will be a very holy remnant in America, and that remnant will become holy not by singing Kumbaya. They will become holy by the things that they suffer. They will be purged and threshed and really put through it. But the Lord says that at the end of all things, they will be found singing songs to him. His remnant will be singing to him through persecution and the things that they suffer, the things that they survive, some of them. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's voice. God bless you. I thank God for the calling to this work, and I will continue to do it in every avenue that remains open, wherever there is an opening, wherever there is a listening ear, and wherever... Whichever platform is working and being cooperative, that is where these prophecies are going to be put up. And I give this reminder again. If you are on the short form platforms, this is Facebook, this is TikTok, this is Instagram. If you are on any of those platforms, you are not getting the full information that God is giving here on TMV blog. You are only getting a small upload. You are only getting a snippet. If you are dependent and you think that you will come to the full knowledge of what God is planning for the American continent, I'm speaking primarily to Americans. Everybody else is kind of going to get a little echo update. Because once they see what's happening here, revival will come. And this is a prophecy actually from all the way in September. I haven't put it up. The Lord spoke of Pakistan and the Lord spoke of Kenya and the Lord spoke of one other nation. Bahrain. In the UAE, I think that's where it is. That kingdom of Bahrain. Bahrain, Pakistan, Kenya. The Lord says revival is coming to you. Not the false kinds that can be shut down by the fire marshals when people are parking in the street, like here, 
the real kind, people repenting of their sins, casting away all evil, revoking their memberships in the occult, completely walking away from generations of sin, addiction, absolutely transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost and brought out of all forms of false religion. True revival, and this is part of another prophecy that is yet to be made. The Lord gave it to me over two days, September the 3rd and 4th, 2023. So that was about a month and a half ago, two months actually ago. And it will be made. But revival will come to those whose hearts are open. Those who are listening outside of this continent, the Lord is going to deal with you by proxy. As you see America begin to go through her woes, especially as she begins to slip and stumble, hit her knees, try to rise, and then be hit by circumstances and go back to her knees, falling to her knees. All of those who see America as a paragon of virtue, all of those who have drunk deeply from the Kool-Aid of U.S. propaganda that thinks this nation can't be touched. This is to the foreigner and to the U.S. person who drinks from the pool of propaganda. The Lord is going to serve us a tall, cold glass of reality. And that is how people will come to repentance, both here in this nation. We will be made humble by the things that we suffer. The people outside, seeing what is done to a giant in the earth, will begin to adjust themselves quite quickly before Jesus can come to them for their inspection. Thank you for being with me. This is Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice. I would like to thank the people who are supporting this ministry. It is a blessing. I pray that the Lord will return to you everything that you give. It is a blessing. It upholds my hands, and I thank you for it. I pray that it will come back to you in multiples. There is absolutely no pressure on anyone to give. And I know that people have contacted me, and I haven't been able to get back to you. That is because the emails are at inhuman levels, and I'm doing the best that I can with them. There's quite a lot that I have to take care of during the day, and so I'm doing the very best that I can. But I'm saying thank you to everyone, and I pray that, for instance, if you are somewhere far away, perhaps you can look for a person to be a blessing to. You can look for someone to be a blessing to. You can look for someone to share that goodness with them, locally, that the body of Christ may be built up, that needs may be met one to another. Show kindness to the person that is next to you. Seek God about where you can sow your seed to do good. If you know to do good and you don't do it, the Bible says that is sin. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. So let us put away some of the reproach that is on us and let us begin to turn our faces to the kinds of things that please God. But for myself, I do share thanks. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and may the Lord give you peace. Thank you and until I see you again, goodbye. <laughs>